WLEW Sports Network presents The Game of the Week with Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, and Dan Banke. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services. The regular season is in the books. It's dusted and put away on the shelf. Now it's on to the postseason. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the MHSA playoffs. The road to Ford Field begins tonight, and it's the Banax Hatchets in the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers on the field tonight. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network, and I'm your host, Clark Ramsey. Alongside me, as always, is a true professional. He even has a license to prove it. Please welcome Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Uh, and there's one thing about good rivalries is to see them twice in the same year. So here we go. Bad X at Lakers, the rematch. Can't wait for round two. Tonight, 32 teams in the MHSA Division 7 playoffs begin their journey to a state championship, and three area teams are vying for their chance at perennial glory. Cass City, Bad X, and Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Tonight, the Hatchets and Lakers go head-to-head once again. No doubt about it. Lakers got the win last time. Bad X looking for revenge. Should be a classic. At one point this season, the Bad Axe Hatchets were riding a five-game win streak, but then they fell short to the Lakers by 18, and the following week, Harbor Beach by 19. Last week, the Hatchets won by forfeiture, and now they hope to keep that momentum going forward. It's sure been a funny season like that. We've seen teams get hot and cold more so this year than ever, but a week off to recalibrate, find themselves, could be the best thing for Bad Axe. The Elkton Pigeon Baybor Lakers have just one blemish on the record, and that came a week ago to Essexville-Garber. At 8-1, the Lakers have the ability to go up against anyone in the state, but it starts all here tonight against a foe they know very well. No doubt, but they are big and strong up front, followed by a physical play in the backfield led by Wisner, a tough task for anyone to play against. Before we kick off the postseason tonight, we'll host our media roundtable, discuss our other area games, and break down the game of the week, Bad Axe at Lakers. It's all right here on your home for high school football, the W, Alley Sports Network, being powered by Anger Valley Services. On Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com with the winner heading to the district championship. It's Bad Axe at Lakers. Presentation of the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services. DS Services of Cass City for all of your grain handling needs. Got a great heater in air conditioning of Maddox. Rainy Sunning Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank guiding the way. Here in Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation. Tim Fritz of Farm Bureau Insurance. Thumb Bank and Trust, Community Strong since 1895. The McVeigh Insurance Agency. Bayport State Bank. Tina Seeley of Farm Bureau Insurance in Elton, and Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Agar Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to agarvalleyservices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyrighted presentation of Thumb Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction without the express written consent of the W. LEW Sports Network is strictly, strictly prohibited. 41 years ago, the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers brought the first state championship to Huron County, 
Capping off a perfect 12-0 season after defeating Brown City 34-7, Kalamazoo Hackett 20-0, and the North Muskegon 15-6 in the state championship. The Lakers would make it as far as the state semifinals again in 2002, but fall to Hopkins 30-14, finishing the year at 12-1 overall. Since then, the Green and White haven't been able to get past the regional level, but have pushed eventual state champions such as Poam Westphalia to uncomfortable territory in the regional championship just a year ago. For the Maddox Hatchets, they made it as far as the state championship in the fourth year of the MHSA playoffs back in the 70s. The Hatchets beat DeWitt 60-6, Ishpeming 22-7 in the semifinals, and then fell short to Forest Hills Northern by just two points, 18-16. Maddox would not return to the playoffs again until 1999 and are about to enter their eighth postseason run this evening. Lakers have made it to the playoffs 23 total times. That's the most in the county. Ubley is one behind at 22. Harbor Beach fittingly also tied with Ubley at 22. Reese 19, USA 17, Cassidy 12, Sandusky 11, Marlette 9, and then Badax and Vassar each with 8. But the team who has made it to the most in the Thumb area, you'd have to go to 8-player football now. Deckerville with 29 postseason runs, including every year with the exception of three times since 1993. One person who has been to the right for my past 11 playoffs for straight appearances would be my broadcast partner, and that'd be Dave Hanson. Yeah, those are some great stats there, and you got to keep in mind, Deckerville's, they were very good at 11-player football when they were round two, so plenty of those playoff bursts came back in that time. But as you can see, they transitioned very, very well and have continued their, um, what they do and make the playoffs and play great football. Beginning his 10th postseason run with us would be our director of sports information, Doug Cole. Doug Cole travels all the way from Livonia, Michigan for us every single week and handles all of our stats throughout the entire broadcast. Doug Cole, welcome back to Laker Country. Thank you, Clark. I'm looking forward to a uh, great game. It's always fun when these two uh, match up, and uh, it's, it's going to be a close one, I think. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you back. Did you? Where'd you stop today? We got to know. Uh, three weeks ago, I was in Pigeon. Tonight, I was in Elkton. Okay. And I went, uh, stopped at the Hitching Post Inn. And how to go for you? Oh, it was, it was choice, good. It was, uh, you know, right up there with Pigeon Inn. They were both great. So, as you know, Pigeon Inn was great. So, obviously, you know that, that it was good. What you What you have at the Hitching Post? I just had a hamburger. Okay. Hamburger. Yep. Does yep. Something the, simple. Does it get the Doug Cole seal of approval? Oh, absolutely, it does. And it's uh, the seal of uh, what's it called? Seal Excellence. Of excellence. Yes. Yeah, seal of Excellence. Oh my! <laughs> yes. Right, so we have we have a third location in the <laughs> Doug Cole Seal of Excellence category now with the Hitching Post joining Rachel's of Badax in Smallies of Harbor Beach. As Doug Cole travels the countryside and samples the local fairs of every town and gives the Doug Cole seal of approval when deemed appropriate and only when appropriate. Last week, our eye in the sky, Dan Benke, our spotter, was absent from the broadcast. He was out on another stop on his nationwide clinic tour as part of the Dan Benke School of Football spotting. He is back from his West Coast trip and is on his way home or to the home of the Green Machine right now. And much like Doug, you won't hear much from Dan during the game. However, he's one of the keys to our success. Oh, no doubt about it. As a former player, he just sees the game uh, as it's going on. Just He sees it differently, and, and that's a huge advantage to us in our ear with tips and just things that he sees, whether it be a substitution or a way a guy's blocking. He just helps us take it to the next level, and we're glad to have him back. Also with us is our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthus. Last week, Kendall helped set up and stepped, uh, stepped up to the plate as our spotter in Dan Banky's absence. Those lessons from the Dan Banky School of Football spotting are really starting to pay off. 
Yeah, I'm glad to be back again. We are uh, round two, first week of the playoffs. I'm excited to get a good matchup here. Bad Axe Lakers been here before and ready to do it again. And I think you win the award of the best-dressed intern tonight as well. Appreciate Rocking that. The, we pulled out the sport coats for the first time this season, and Kendall Anthes, despite not having the insignia on the on the pocket, he hits the, hits the bill every time, and he remembered a tie, unlike Dave Hansen. I, I brought a tie, you just brought not a tie. the right tie. That's right. And it's the official start of the postseason, and the road to Ford Field begins tonight. It's Maddox at Lakers in the MHSA Division 7 playoffs. Your home for the entire postseason run is on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Kendall Anthos with your calls tonight from Pigeon, Michigan. It's the home of the Green Machine, and it's now time for the Meteor Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest models from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley at Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today via text message from the Huron County View, the Ron Rivera of the Meteor Roundtable, Paul P. Adams. Our director of sports information, Doug Cole. The top spotter east of St. Louis, Michigan, Dan Banke, and the defending champion of the media roundtable, Dave Hansen. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media roundtable winner. Before the game last week, Doug Cole inquired if it was possible for him to run the table and win his fourth media roundtable championship. Well, that's apparently all the motivation it took for Doug to get his first victory of the season, and he's not looking back. Currently, the standings stand at Dave Hansen 5, Dan Banke 3, Doug Cole with one, and Paul P. Adams still looking for his first victory of the season. Doug, you're on, you're on a heater. Yeah, just one game. That's all it takes. I, I told you guys uh, during the commercial break that it's nice going last for once. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It is. It is a good place to be. So that was a nice uh, nice job last week. Good pick there, and uh, we'll see if you can keep the momentum rolling. And we also have Kendall Anthus jumping in, the meter on table, our intern, with his first pick tonight. We will let you go second. Sounds so good. right now we have Paul P. Adams with the first point uh, first selection here tonight and here's what he had to send in and this is what he had to say for only the second time in the storied rivalry between bad and lakers the teams are set to meet in the playoffs the last time the lakers and hatchets faced off each other twice in the same season it was the hatchets who came out on top for the wins this time the lakers will get to the end their rivals season according to paul b adams in the previous meeting elkton pigeon bayport won the time of possession by a wide margin and according to paul b adams look for more of that tonight Paul P. Adams from the Huron County View is taking Lakers 26, Hatchets 14, the Lakers by 12 points. Kendall Anthus, your selection, sir. Um, after seeing these guys the first time we played, I mean, we've seen this will be Bad Axe's third time I've seen them, um, and I'm excited to see them again. Um, but I don't think that their defense can keep up with Ethan Wisner in the backfield, so I have Lakers 21 7. 21 7, so you're saying. Lakers by 14 points. Yep. Okay. 
Dave Hansen, the tea is yours. Uh, I go before Dan this week, do I? Yes, you oh, do. Dang it, I got to get going here. Yes, you do. Uh, so uh, let's see. We, we saw these two teams play just a couple weeks ago, and, and I'll be honest with you, I, I, I smelled upset. I, I thought the Hatchets would be extra motivated uh, to get it going, and they, they come out flat. They, they played tough, just couldn't quite get the job done. Uh, we, we then saw them very shortly after they played the Harbor Beach Pirates, and they looked completely devastated. They, they just they didn't have any momentum. Uh, the, the effort didn't seem to be as high as it was the week before in Harbor Beach smothered him out. I didn't see anything. Um, so when I thought I'm probably going to overpick this because I thought Bad X had the upset potential. I'm going the other way this time. I, I, I'm going to see if I can't light a fire the opposite direction for Bad X. But in this case, I got Lakers winning handily 30 to 10. 30 to 10. So a 20 point victory in favor of the green and white, according to Dave Hansen. Lakers 30, Bad X 10. And now Dan Banky, who's on his way to the game right now, and here's what he submitted in. He said, playoff time is here, win or go home, and we are in for a treat tonight. These are the words of Dan Banky. It'll be a hard-fought game, but Dan Banky thinks Lakers will wear Bad X down in the end. He has Lakers winning 28-14, to 14, so a 14-point victory in favor of the Lakers, according to Dan Banky. And now we finally come to Dan Doug Cole. We'll wake him up from his nap over here. Doug Cole, what's your selection for tonight? Uh, what, what's that, Clark? Sorry, sorry. I yeah, just, exactly. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I agree uh, with every every pick. Uh, obviously, you got to do a different uh, sl uh, uh, difference, but I think I agree with Kendall. I think that too much Wisner, I think he's going to make the uh, difference in the game here uh, in – I got uh, Lakers winning this one, 28 to 12. 28 to 12. Yes. All right, so everyone's kind of in that same wheelhouse there a little bit. And Doug Cole taking the Lakers by 16 points. So the experts have spoken, and all five are taking the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Paul B. Adams taking the low side there. Lakers 26 to 14 by 12. Dan Banky taking Lakers 28 to 14 by 14 points. Kendall Anthes also at 14 points, but 21 to 7, a lower scoring game. Dave Hansen at the top end. Doug Cole at 16. Dave Han Doug Cole saying Lakers 28, Bad X 12 by 16 points. Then Dave Hansen has the upper hand and upper end. Lakers 30 to 10 by 20 points. Good luck, gentlemen, and may the odds ever be in your favor. All right, let's take a look at other area games, and we'll switch our attention to eight-player football momentarily here in Division Two. These are the smaller schools of eight-player football, and the North Huron Warriors snuck into the playoffs with a 6-3 and three record. And they started the season 0-2, but have won six of their last seven games. They beat Burton Atherton last week 44-28 to to get in the playoffs. Yeah, it was a great accomplishment for them because they, they lost the heart and soul of their team last year. So this is a very young team, a very inexperienced team, and uh, good coaching will do this. The players were hungry. They, they won down the stretch. Uh, but welcome to the playoffs and Augre Sims. It's a tough draw for them, um, and I think they'll fall short. But, uh, again, it was a really good recovery to get back in the playoffs. Good building block. And the other local team in Division Two would be the Peck Pirates, the number two seed in that division, or district, I should say. And they are hosting the Morris Orioles tonight. Both teams 7-2. and two. Peck lost in week number one in week number nine. Seven straight wins in between. They are the Stripes champions, and Morris lost to Fulton last week. 40 to 38 in a very close match and so peck hosting morris that's gonna be a tough one and peck's uh last game was a really close loss as well with deckerville there that's very but true. Uh, I, I yeah, yeah i like peck's odds but i think if i had to put money down I, I would take the orioles in that one in a close one and the other side of that bracket we have camden frontier at colon colon the number one seed the magi of colon taking on the football team of camden frontier and then we have mended in climax scots of course climax scots coached by the former usa coach tyler lang 
In moving on to eight-player football, Division One. These are the larger schools. A game you'll hear on 92.1 Carroll, uh, the Carroll Radio Station. The Dackerville Eagles snuck into the playoffs. They needed to beat Peck last week to get into the playoffs. They did exactly that. They beat Peck in quadruple overtime, 62-60. to to get into the playoffs, Kingston beat Deckerville 56-20 just four weeks ago. Unfortunately, the word on the street is Kingston lost their quarterback with a broken finger, and they're going to have to make things up here. Yeah, and uh, when we watched them play against Deckerville, that wasn't just their quarterback they lost. That was their offense. That was their team. Uh, they Everything ran through him. He was the lead running back. He's the head, he's the leading passer, so I don't know who's next in line, but this is a huge blow to, the, to Kingston and what could have been a really nice playoff run. They may not escape the Deckerville Eagles because they are slow-paced, powerful, and they, they just don't mess around. This could be a, a Kingston upset alert. And then the winner of that game will go on to play the winner of Oakland Christian, the Lancers, against the Green Devils of Brown City. The two and three seeds in Brown City tonight. Brown City's only loss was to Martin, 49-6. Oakland Christian's only loss was to Kingston, 46-28. Their only common opponent was KPAC. Both beat teams beat KPAC. Brown City won by 54. Oakland Christian won by 38. Yeah, I think this is going to be a great game. It's going to be really hard to pick. It's Brown City's first time in the playoffs in a while. Uh, they've had a really nice season. I, I would lean to the experienced eight-player team by just a hair. I'll take Oakland Christian in that one, but obviously rooting for Brown City big time. On the other side of that bracket, Tekonsha. The four seed at Martin, of course, the team that Brown City lost to 49-6. And then Adrian Lenaway Christian hosting Goebbels, both teams at 7-2. In 11-player football, now we shift our attention to Division 8. That is the smallest division in 11-player football. And we have Harbor Beach and Ubley on our local bracket in our local district here in Saginaw Travels to Ubley tonight, the four seed against the one seed, the Panthers and Bearcats going head-to-head. Saginaw 6-3, Ubley 9-0. Novell beat Beecher, but lost to Ithaca by 42 points, MLS by 48, and by Standish Sterling by 54, and they're allowing 26 points per game. Ubley have made it to at least the state semifinals for three straight seasons. They beat Novell back in 2019 in the regional championship, 56-36. to 36. Yeah, this is not your father's Saginaw Novell. This is a much different version, and I think the Ubley Bearcats will absolutely tear them apart. I don't even think it'll be a close game. The Bearcats uh, will roll going into the next game. Another interesting matchup in Division 8, we have Harbor Beach at Saginaw Michigan Lutheran Seminary in Saginaw tonight. 8-1 against 8-1, the Pirates and Cardinals. Harbor Beach have won five games in a row since losing to Ubley. Beat MLS in 2019 as well, 22 nothing, And then 2020, 28-6. Of course, they had to forfeit due to COVID restrictions after that. Saginaw MLS, their only loss was to Ithaca, 50-18. They averaged 46 points on offense, 13 on defense with a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, it's really, it comes down to him. It very much so reminds you of Kingston's Owen Corliss, right? He's just kind of the do-it-all guy, and if you can contain him, you can hang with him. Uh, this is an absolutely terrible draw for Harbor Beach to go on the road as an 8-1 and team right out of the gate. Uh, I think it's a tall task. I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to lean. Maybe it's homerism, but I'm hoping for the local team, Harbor Beach, to steal that victory, but this could be the game to keep an eye on um, for here at Harbor Beach and Saginaw MLS. In the opposite district, we have White Cloud at Beale City. Beale City 9-0. Of course, the team, they just beat Cass City by just a, it was a one-touchdown game in the fourth quarter there. And then Carson City Crystal, the Eagles against the Eagles of Fowler on the other side. In Division 7, of course, we have Bad X and Lakers, the four seed against the one seed tonight. We already have those picks in. Everyone taking Lakers. In the other game, the three seed, Cass City, the Red Hawks going to Montrose to take on the Rams. 
Cassidy went to Beale City last week and gave the Aggies everything they could handle. They lost by 13 points, 27 to 14. Montrose on a three-game win streak entering tonight. Their last loss was to New Lothar, 42 to 13. They beat Langsburg, 17 to 7. Yeah, I would imagine that that uh, Montrose would be favored in this game, but you gotta you gotta tip your hat to Cassidy. You can't write them off. Yeah, they they took Beale City at Beale City, uh, pushed them right to the limits, and a team that they should have had no business being in. Just goes to show maybe Beale City's a little more a little more beatable than we thought at the same time this young Cass City team is showing growth right in front of us so they'll push Montrose as well but I gotta think Montrose wins in a close one and then on the other district we have Burton Bendel at New Lothar one of the favorite teams in Division 7 and then the Bath Fighting Bees going to Powama Westphalia to take on the Pirates the perennial powerhouse in Division 7 not quite the caliber of previous Powama Westphalia teams but that means they can probably take anyone out in the back school still <laughs> Absolutely, but I, again, I think New Lothrop and Poamo Westphalia are on a collision course for uh, a cla- another classic matchup here in the playoff, and uh, the winner of this uh, district will probably get the winner of that game. Yes, indeed, and it's time for a short break as we are 31 minutes away from kicking things off for the postseason. The MHSA playoffs begin tonight the road to Ford Field. It's a long and bumpy one, but it's fun along the way. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll take a look at the away team tonight, the Bad Axe Hatchets. The road to Ford Field is officially underway, and we're kicking things off in just 27 minutes from now. The Bad Axe Hatchets against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in the first week of the postseason. And for just the second time in school history, the Bad Axe Hatchets have made the playoffs for just three straight years. Since the start of the 2020 season, Bad Axe has accumulated 18 wins and just nine losses, winning 66% of all games played since COVID began. Steve Verberg was the defensive coordinator last season under Cal Pokley, who led the Hatches to two straight Greater Than West co-championships. This year, Verberg took the reins as head coach, leading his team to a current 6-3 record. That's right, Coach Pokley, two years, went 12-6, winning 66% of his games. Uh, I believe Coach Verberg uh, was the actually former Lakers coach from 2017 to 2020. He went 28-12, did a very nice job over here. And uh, like I said, he's they made the playoffs four out of five years uh, between stints at Lakers and Bad Axe. With the coaching change, the Bad Axe Hatchets implemented the double-wing offense, which took a few weeks to implement, but has been quite productive this season. The Hatchets are averaging 34 points per game this season and are led by their senior quarterback, who has been at the helm for two seasons now. His name, Keaton Brown. Absolutely. He led the team in rushing last year. 5'11", 185-pound senior. Uh, it, the big difference you see in 2021, 120 carries, 700 yards, and eight touchdowns average six yards a carry. This year, just 25 carries, just 59 yards, and just two touchdowns. But the big difference there is he's been healthy. He's played every week. Very good he point. feels good going into tonight, and that's really the biggest difference. His passing, uh, almost no difference, right? 37 to 30 last year, 53%, 650 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, about the same, 50%, 38 of 75, 800 yards, and 11 touchdowns. The passing game is still there. Yes, he's a 50-50 type passer, but he makes a lot of plays with his legs, keeping plays alive, and that's what you got to like. With the double wing, you'll see a wing back just outside of the tight ends and a tailback almost directly behind the quarterback. There are certainly a lot of different looks. 
but most run through these three key positions, which are held by Griffin Meinhold, Evan Schenk, and Nathan Pulaski. Now, before Dave goes through the numbers, keep in mind that despite a nine-game schedule, Banax has played just seven games with two forfeiture wins against USA and Hamtramck. Yeah, it starts with the X factor, right? It's Griffin Meinhold. Uh, you'll hear number seven out there a lot on both sides of the ball. Their leading rusher was 73 carries, 550 yards, 10 touchdowns. He averages seven and a half yards a touch. And then you got your true fullback, right? Number 12 is Evan Shank, a senior. He's got 47 carries. Uh, 300 yards and four touchdowns on the season. Average is a little over six yards a carry. And then your change of pace back would be Nathan Pulaski. Just 39 carries, but 290 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they mix and match these guys. You'll see them. You'll see Pulaski do a lot of the counters, the misdirections. But Griffin Meinhold is the guy they are trying to get the ball to, whether it's in the passing game, direct handoff, reverses, jet sweeps. He's the, the Swiss Army knife of this offense that can do just about anything they need him to do. When the Bad Axe Hatches have had the most success this season, it's when they're able to get their athletes out in space. As a result, the Hatches average 122 yards per game through the air, and Keaton Brown has completed passes to six different receivers this season. Leading the way is perhaps the biggest target in the entire Gratham Conference by Jake McPhee. Yeah, I think I've said uh, get their athletes in space Just probably a few times. 100 times watching Bad Axe. But uh, like I said, they what they do is they lure people in with that double wing, right? And then they do some play action. They've done different things as they've advanced it, not just run out of it. And it's worked out really well. But when it gets into a passing down, you have to keep an eye on Jake McPhee because he is a prolific athlete. He's big. He's, he's scary fast for his size. And he's got that ability to go up and get a ball so if he's one-on-one -on -one, he's open and you can bet Keaton Brown will be firing in that direction if that's the case he's only had 15 catches on the year but leads the team by far he averages 24 yards of reception 370 yards on the season and five touchdowns and as I told you before their second leading receiver is Griffin Meinhold he's got seven catches three of them went for touchdowns and he averages well over 20 yards a catch as well defensively Bad Axe has the fourth best in the conference behind Ubley Lakers and Harbor Beach the Hatchets are allowing 17.4 per game, but have allowed an average of 30 points in their last two games, one of which was against the Lakers. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll shift our attention to Bad Axe's opponent tonight, the green machine of the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. It's all on your home for the entire postseason, the WLW Sports Network. It's the postseason, everyone's favorite time of the year. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Kendall Anthos with your call tonight from Laker Country. The Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers hosting the Bad Axe Hatchets for the second time this season. The outright Greater Than West champions enter the postseason with eight wins and just one loss, which took place last week against Essexville Garber. In a game in which the Lakers committed five total turnovers, second-year head coach for the Green Machine, Dave LeMasser, said it was perhaps one of the best things that could happen for the program. Now the Lakers are refocused at a time when it matters the most, and the green and white are recommitted to their aim of a postseason forever glory. That's right. Coach LeVaster is his second year as head coach. He's 17-4, and four, winning 81% of his games. They trailed uh, against Garber 14-0 after the first quarter, but outscored Garber 21-20 in the final three quarters, uh, but falling short in that game. 
made it to the regional championship last year, lost to eventual champions Poamo Estelia 20 to nothing, but a game that they were expected to lose handily. Uh, Poamo struggled to move the ball on them. They, they played very well and uh, was probably one of the toughest opponents Poamo had last year. The Lakers have the capability to come out on an offense in a wide variety of different looks and many times changing the play at the line of scrimmage with just a few seconds left on the play clock. Making that possible will be Levasseur's two-year starting quarterback, Connor McCain. Besides throwing over 800 yards this season, he's also the second leading rusher for the team. That's right. He is uh, doesn't get enough credit. He's a very solid quarterback at 5'11", 185. Uh, his passing this year is at 41 of 73, 56% time. He completes his passes, 840 yards and 15 touchdowns, averages 21 yards of completion and over 100 yards of game passing. Rushing, he's had 380 yards and a, three more touchdowns to boot. And uh, very important to note against Bad X, he had 13 carries for seven. 70 yards and was four or five passing for 86 yards and two touchdown passes. Surprisingly, roughly only half of the snaps go directly to Connor McCain. The other half would be a direct snap to an absolute freight train in the backfield, and that'd be senior Ethan Wisner, who has well over a thousand yards and averages 144 rushing yards per game. For nine games this season, Wisner has been rushing over would-be defenders with ease. No question about it. Keep in mind, he's thrown the ball a few times. We've been we've been at games where we've seen him throw the ball downfield. He would be the backup quarterback if something were to happen. But at 5'11", 225 pounds, he is exactly that, a freight train. Uh, well, 1,100 yards, 18 touchdowns. He had 28 carries, 180 yards, and two scores. Averages nine yards a carry. Uh, he is the heart and soul of this offense and defense. He plays middle linebacker. He is in on every tackle as well. But your change of pace, guys, the guys that are going to have to help take the pressure off them are led by Garrett Strahan and Jay Sears. Jay Sears is the true speed guy, do it all, you know, shifty in space. He'll be your kick returner as well. Garrett Strahan, that change of pace back. Uh, just 26 carries on the season and two touchdowns for Strahan. The Lakers have thrown the ball for just under 1,000 yards. That's an average of 123 per contest. Bringing in those catches are three seniors, Michael Good, Jay Sears, and Tyson Steinman. Yeah, no question about it. Michael Good is their, is their best talent at wide receiver. 27 of those catches have gone to him, 500 yards and nine touchdowns. He's the guy they're targeting down the field, one-on-one -on -one coverage. That's the guy that they're going to. Jay Sears and Tyson Steinman each have combined have 15 touch, 15 receptions and nine touchdowns combined. Again, they've made some important plays, but it's one or two catches a game where Michael Good, he could go off for five, six, seven catches if they need him to. As always, you can't talk about the Lakers without giving mention to the big bruisers up front in the trenches. Leading the way would be six foot five, two hundred ninety-five pound senior Luke Braun. He, no doubt, if you know, he is uh, one of the best linemen. Uh, in the area, bar none. But James McCardle, Zach McCardle, there's some big guys. I mean, your smallest one is 6'2", 215. And uh, these guys are big, they're powerful, and when they, when they get those fresh breaks and they are motivated, they will push you back. You will see them win more often than not the line of scrimmage, and then it's Ethan Wisner time after that, and it's a lot of chunk five-yard run plays over and over again. If that offensive line is healthy and plays well, Every time Lakers is on the field, they should be favored. We are just over 14 minutes away from kicking off the postseason. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between the Lakers and the Hatchets. It's all on your home for high school football for the entire postseason. The WLW Sports Network.
crow flies 11 miles separate bad axe and laker high schools straight across m142 if you're heading from bad axe to tonight's game you should not have to do don't worry about hitting a deer i've witnessed four of them get hit this week and even more basically none with my truck yet in regards to school size, we have two of the largest schools, and we have the two largest schools in Huron County going head to head. According to the MHSA figures, which use the spring numbers of the previous school year, Bad Axe has 280 high school students, Lakers with 293. So if I go in by student enrollment in nothing else, it's Lakers by 13 students. Tonight is the 68th time that Lakers and Bad Axe have played each other, which is every year since Lakers consolidated into one school back in 1960. The only team that Banax has played more than the Lakers is Cass City at 74 times. Lakers has played Banax and Cass City now each 68 times. Overall, Lakers leads the series with Banax 44 to 21 with two ties thrown in there as well. Lakers have won the last two matchups three weeks ago and in 2021 by just one point. Banax won the previous two, both in 2020. This marks the fifth time that the Hatchets and Lakers have met in the postseason. Lakers beat Bad Axe in 1991, 1992, and 1993. Most recently, the Hatchets beat Lakers in the 2020 playoffs by just one score, 19-12. Dave Lavasser is 2-0 against Bad Axe. Steve Erberg is 0-1 as head coach against the Lakers. Tonight is a game that features a top-four matchup on both offense and defense in the Greertham Conference. Lakers has the second-best offense behind just Ubley at 49.2 points per game. Bad Axe is at number four, averaging 34.3. So on offense, it's Lakers by 14.9 points. Defensively, Lakers has the upper hand once again. The Green Machine has the third-best defense in the league, allowing just 12.9 per contest. Bad Axe is one slot back at number four, giving up an average of 17.4. So on defense, it's Lakers by four and a half points. Las Vegas has set their line for the game. They're confident line unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in Russell Wilson, sports in mid-flight workout wagering department, set for factoring in all possibilities. Stats, injuries, weather, and location. The spread for tonight's game sits at Lakers, 14 and a half points. Today is the 301st day of the year, meaning there's just 54 days until 2023 rolls around. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today. Whether you're out on your way to the game, out running errands, or perhaps you're at home painting a room in your house and you don't have an empty hand to turn off the radio. Which leads me to this week's trivia question. Quarterly regional radio market ratings. No, actually not. Famous painted buildings is the topic. Most notably, the White House. This is an obscure, ex- obscure beyond obscure trivia question here, Dave. This is... Uh... This is one of those weeks where you found yourself deep in the internet, I have yes, to believe. Yes, almost to the weird part of the internet, yeah. I will say that. Yeah, okay. It's been a minute since you've been yes. there, though. I will so, give you that. So we're talking about the White House. The White House in Washington, D.C. was completed in, night in, excuse me, in 1772 and made out of sandstone. The building was made white in appearance when they used a lime-based whitewash to protect the porous sandstone from freezing and cracking, and it was first finished with paint in 1818. Dave, my first question is, how many gallons of paint does it take to cover the exterior of the White House with one coat of paint? One coat. Um, I. How about, uh, I don't know, let's go with 400? 570 gallons of paint to cover the White House with one coat of paint. A gallon of paint covers 400 square feet, which means you would have to paint roughly 228,000 square feet of the White House before completing just one coat. And if it's the federal government painting it, it should take only approximately three years and a few hundred million dollars to complete it. Now the next question is a tricky one. Dave, 
What color is the White House? Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so sure it's a fancy kind of white, which I have no idea. Okay. Um, I, I don't have a clue. We'll go with uh, vanilla white. I have no idea. Uh, it's close. Whisper white. Whisper white is the official color of the White House, made by Duran, which is now owned by Sherwin-Williams. Whisper white is a lush, warm white that has slight pink undertones and some hints of gray, which makes it look bright in no matter the light, or sometimes darkness, of Washington, D.C., there is a myth that the White House was painted white to cover the scorch marks after the British torched the White House during the War of 1812. However, that's not the case. It's because of the porous sandstone. However, one window on the north portico remains unpainted to show the burn marks of the sandstone still to this day. It's actually pretty cool. So my final question to you, Dave, is at what temperature does sandstone burn and melt? <laughs> sandstone uh. is a... Fire, it's ga- yeah, it's, 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 it's be. not fireproof. Nothing's technically fireproof, but it's very close to not burning. But it does burn and melt at some temperature. What is it? How about uh, a big number? Let's go 1,200 degrees Fahrenheit. 1,000 degrees Celsius, which oh. is about 1,800 degrees Fahrenheit. In comparison, 1,000 degrees Celsius, a campfire burns at 315 degrees Celsius, so it's pretty hot. Sandstone is non-combustible and thus resistant to fire. So as a result, it takes fire longer to burn through the sandstone blocks. At 1,000 degrees Celsius or 1,800 Fahrenheit, sandstone technically melts and is technically considered to be magma at that time. And speaking of volcanic burning desire for a playoff victory, Dave, what are your three keys to tonight's game? Wow. Uh, well, let, let's get back to football here. You're right. Yeah, might as well. Uh, so let, let's start with the road team. We always start with the bad X hatchets, and, and I think it comes down to that they have to find the running game. Uh, I know they can pass the ball, but you can't depend on it. Talk about getting their athletes in space, but if they can create a running lane and, and get that three, four, and five yards, especially on first down, they can get some drives going and keep their offense on the field and have a chance in this game. Uh, for the Lakers, I think it's it starts in the trenches. They, they're, they're the favorite. You need to win in the trenches. Do not allow the underdog, the, the hungry rival, to show up and spoil your great regular season by knocking you out in the first round. You have to start by winning in the trenches and moving people backward and making sure that your run game is the dominant run game. And, and my third point is going to be um, these rivalry games can get tricky. They can get testy. They can get chippy. All those words. I, I think if both teams are going to have to remain in control tonight, a bad penalty here or there could completely ruin any momentum for a team, any offense. So I really think the team that can stay disciplined longest is the team that's going to end up winning tonight. Current conditions in Pigeon, Michigan. So I think I threw away my packet here already. Pull it out of the trash here. <laughs> this is a first. There it is. All right, we got her. Okay. Current conditions in Pigeon, Michigan are 49 degrees with clear skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this evening. The winds are out of the east-southeast at 3 miles per hour and gusting up to 5. Visibility is at 10 miles. Barometric pressure is dropping at 30.41 inches. And the dew point is at 40 degrees. It feels like it's 48 degrees out. The humidity is at 59%. Sunset at 628, which was about a half hour ago. And we're currently in a waxing crescent moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. 
Sunrise today at 8.03 a.m., sunset at 6.28 p.m. So on October 28th, 2022, we had 10 hours and 25 minutes of daylight. We've lost another 20 minutes since last week's broadcast in three hours and four minutes since the season began just two and a half months ago. Lakers won the toss, elected to defer your officials tonight in the white cap. Referee Brian Jones, umpires Michael Dreyer, headlinesman Wayne Biscorner, line judge Mark Brochu, and your back judge would be Brent Boers. Two and a half minutes left here in the pregame festivities as both teams lining up. Lakers will be in their home green uniforms, white pants, and then the Banag Sanchez in their road white uniforms, blue pants with a blue helmet, hatchet on either side. Lakers with the wing L on one side, number on their left side with a green face mask. Now we listen in to PA announcer here, Kurt Dammer, with all the festivities and our playing of the national anthem from the Laker Pep Band. While rendering the proper military salutes. Let's walk you through the starting lineups for the projected starters for the Bad Axe Hatchets. At center, number 53, a 5'10", 205-pound senior Noah Brown. At quarterback, but under center would be 5'11", 180-pound senior number 11, Keaton Brown. Tailback, Nathan Pulaski, 5'10", 165-pound junior. Your left guard, Cal Isinger. Right guard, Evan McAlpin. Left tackle, Hayden Miles. Right tackle, Dalton Geiger. Your tight ends would be Drayden Romas and Jake McPhee. McPhee, of course, that's six foot four, 218 pound senior. And then your wingbacks, just outside of the tight ends, would be Griffin Meinhold, a five foot 10, 170 pound senior. Number seven on the other side, number 12, also a senior, six foot 185 pounds, Evan Schenk. For the Laker defense, more than likely with a six man front. With a two cornerbacks, two linebackers, and a free safety, your nose guards will be Tyson Simon and Zach McCardle. Defensive tackles, James McCardle and Luke Brown. The two big stunts there on the trenches for the Lakers, number 74 and 76. Defensive ends, Blaine Wren, number 56, and then Owen Eichler, number one. Cornerbacks in the secondary, Garrett Strahan and Caleb Neaton. Linebackers, not going to find many better than these two, Michael Good and Ethan Wisner. And your free safety, Jace Sears, a six foot, 150 pound senior. Lakers won the toss, elected to defer to the second half. So kicking off for the Lakers will be number two, Jace Sears, deep back for the 
Banax Hatchets at staying at their own five yard line, number three, as well as Alex Andrich. Lakers, like we said, in their home green uniforms, white numbers. Bannocks in their road white uniforms. First time we've seen Bannocks in traditional uniforms this season. As the kick comes in, deep back at the five-yard line, brought in by Alex Andrich. Coming forward across the 20, cuts up. He breaks out of that one. He has one man to beat at the 40, and he's still on his feet. Crossman field and dragging his defenders all the way down into Laker territory, all the way down to the 42-yard line, finally tracked down by Tyler Hill on secondary and special teams. A huge return for Alex Andrich for the Badax Andrich, a junior. And here come the Badax Andrich on the plus side of the field. Yeah, Tyler Hill makes a touchdown-saving tackle for Lakers. A, a booming kick brought in inside the five. And Alex Andrich does the rest, gets a couple nice blocks, and he makes a guy miss, and that's all it takes. And just like that, Badax makes the first statement right out of the gate with excellent field position already starting in Laker territory. Badex coming out the double wing offense. Nathan Belaski basically at the heels of Keaton Brown, who's under center. There's the snap. It's a pitch out to Griffin Meinhold. Lowers the shoulders, and Lakers is there to sniff that one out from the get-go. Big man, 76. Luke Braun with a stop, 6'5", 295-pound senior. We've seen him do it all year. And he made him stop for no gain on that one. Second out and 10. So remember, that was the play two weeks ago that had a lot of success against Harbor Beach. They would do that little flip. You see Keaton Brown turn to his left, flip it behind him, and then Nathan Pulaski's lead blocker. Keaton Brown spins all the way around. He becomes the second blocker, but it, Luke Brown stands up. Both of them, and when Griffin Meinhold gets there, there is nowhere to run, and it's a loss. Maybe back to the line of scrimmage if he's lucky, and Luke Brown blows up the first play. Evan Schenk in motion. It's going to be a sweep out to the left side, and there is Tyson Steinman to bring him down for a three-yard loss. Back of the 45-yard line as he tried to cut the corner, but there was Tyson Steinman already in the backfield bringing him down for a three-yard loss. Third down, 13. Essentially the same play, just run reversal players. You see Evan Shank get it going the opposite direction, and there's nothing there. You see Tyson Steinman slip through the blockers. He goes untouched in the backfield and dives low and trips up Shank in the backfield. That one will definitely be a loss. And after a phenomenal kick return, Adax finds themselves with no luck on first two downs. Probably an obvious throwing down now and it's third and a very long 13 to go for the hatchets sending jake mcphee wide to the right double wing man in motion to the near sideline griffin meinhold rolling to his right looking to pass downfield to griffin to jake mcphee wide open and he's through the hands incomplete good coverage there from Lakers, number three, Tyler Hill, cornerback, six foot two, excuse me, number two, Jay, Jay Sears. Sears. Jay Sears on that coverage falls incomplete through the hands of big target Jake McPhee. Fourth down, 13 to go from the 45 of Lakers. Yeah, we, we noticed it right away. It's, it's the double wing offense, except Jake wing. Jake is outside by himself in his one-on-one -on -one coverage with Sears. And we, we noticed it right away, and it, that was exactly what they saw, too. So Keaton Brown knew where he was going. He sold his fake, but when he planted his back foot, he threw it high. It was a great ball. And to be totally truthful, Jake McPhee's got to catch that ball. It's, he's He was in position. Jake Sears was trailing in okay coverage, but Jake McPhee goes up to get the ball, and it goes right through his hands. Uh, that's a, a missed opportunity for Badax, and the Laker defense will stand tall. Griffin Meinhold punts it away for the Badax Hatchets and his good punt and rolls inside of the 15 and stopped at about the 13-yard line, trying to pin the Lakers deep back as much as possible after a three-and-out punt to start the game for the Badax Hatchets. They started the Laker 42-yard line. They ended up at the 45 of Lakers for loss of three. 
yards, no first downs, 0 for 3, 0 for 1 on third down. Gives the ball back to the bat, to the Alton Pigeon Bay Board Lakers. A disappointing uh, offensive series there for Bad Axe, right? Uh, run for no gain, run for a loss, and now you know the pass is coming. They got the matchup they wanted, had a chance to really break it open. Not only could I thought Jake McPhee could have caught that ball, I thought he could have kept right on going into the end zone. It was a great throw and, and just a, a drop opportunity there. And now the Lakers defense now have flipped the momentum. That big kick return looked like Bad Axe was here for real. Lakers stalled that out. Now their offense comes on the field to try to prove their point. Ethan Wisner gets the snap, and he's going to be stopped after about a gain of a yard as he had a head of steam, but there is Noah Brown as well as Jake McPhee for the stop. Both linebackers coming up and making that stop against Wisner. They're going to give him a gain of a yard out to about the 14-yard line. Second down, nine to go for the greater white. That's nice job by Baddock. Just nowhere to run. Ethan Wisner takes that snap, and he wants to push through the middle following those big offensive linemen he has. No room to run. The offensive linemen are locked up. The linebackers step up and make that tackle. Lakers out of the huddle at the line. One man to the right. Now triple shift over to the right side. Connor McCain going for the hard count here. Now looking to the sideline for the new call from the from the Laker coaching staff. 9.25 left here in the first. 0-0, Lakers and Bad Axe. Lakers on their first drive of offense. Snap to Connor McCain. Lowers his shoulder. Going to keep it for himself and call his own number. Out to the 15-yard line before he is stopped by Jake McPhee after a two, maybe three-yard gain. One official's out to the 16-yard line on that spot. So it'll be third down in mid-range, third down, six to go for the green and white in their own territory. Nine minutes left in the first. So a lot going on there. Ethan Wisner will line up uh, covering up the right tight end. And when they go in motion, it's basically a reset of the play. All three of the backs on the left side reset behind Wisner on the right side. And it looks like an overload over there. They get the hard count. It doesn't work. They take another play call, change of play, and it ends up being a direct snap to McCain, who goes straight up the middle and finds it. not much running room. A good stop by the Bad Axe defense to bring up third down and medium. Tyson Steinman rolls to his right. Now we have a timeout called by Dave Lavasser and the Lakers with 8.30 remaining in the first quarter. 0-0 between the Bad Axe Hatches and the Elgin Pigeon Bayport Lakers facing the third down and six. David Lasser for the Lakers calls his first time out of the first half. 8.30 left in the first quarter, 0-0. Lakers facing a third, third down, down at six, six the from Lakers. their own 16-yard line. Setting your receiver wide to the right, Jay Sears, everyone else high and tight. You have Connor McCain in the shotgun. Ethan Wisner working off of his left hip. Now a man in motion to the near sideline, that'd be Michael Good. There's the snap, staying in the pocket, we're throwing downfield. Now he pump fakes, rolls to his right, he's going to have to scramble for this one. Now throws it down into the middle of the territory, and it's picked off by Griffin Meinhold for the Bad Axe Hatches. Pass is intended for Michael Good at the 28, but there was Griffin Meinhold to bring it underneath the receiver and bring in the Aaron pass from Connor McCain and brings down a first turnover in favor of the Bad Axe Hatches with 8.23 remaining in the first quarter. Typically, the rule of thumb is when you roll out of the pocket, the last place you should throw the football is back to the middle of the field. And he thought he saw Michael Good, his favorite receiver in the middle of the field, wide open, but he was mistaken as Griffin Meinhold, as a good basketball player would, has him boxed right out. When he throws it to him, it's right into the hands of Griffin Meinhold. Perfect positioning and great play and great interception there for Bad Axe to flip the fields again. And now awesome field position for the road team. From the Laker 28-yard line, it's going to be what we do believe to be a quarterback keeper for Keaton Brown. 
And tackle made by Blaine Wren for no gain of the play. Lakers defense stepping up to the plate again for four straight plays now here. Second down and 10 as Keaton Brown tries to find a seam. None there. You see Baddock's changing it up. You see wide receiver Evan Shank to the right, Griffin Meinhold to the left, and he runs read option with Pulaski in the backfield. Keeps it for himself, and Pulaski gets hit by the uh, offense or the defensive tackle, and the linebacker cleans up Keaton Brown. Nowhere to go. Read option. Both options were taken away. Good job by the Laker defense to sniff that one out. Baddock's coming out in the spread formation. Keaton Brown in the backfield. All's by lonesome. Screen pass over to the right to Jake McPhee. He brings it in. He's across the 25. Lowers the shoulder and runs over his defender all the way out to the 20 or the 18 yard line. Connor McCain on the stop. Looks like he's short of the first down by just a yard. That's going to be a nine-yard reception for Jake McPhee from Keaton Brown. Third down, one to go from the Laker 19-yard line. Well, for Bad X, the passing game is going to be very important. So I think getting Keaton Brown in rhythm is a good thing. So you, you call a screen pass on second down and long, and it's a high percentage pass play to Jake McPhee. He gets a good block, and if it wasn't for the tackle made one-on-one -on -one by Connor McCain, Jake McPhee would find himself in the end zone. Back to the double wing, and it's going to be a pitch out to Griffin Meinhood who tries to go in between the tackles and gets out to about the 15-yard line. Enough to move the chains, though. First and 10 for the Bad Axe Hatches. Tackle made by Tyson Steinman for the Elkton Pigeon Bayboard Lakers at the 15. Gain of four when they needed one, move the chains. Yeah, it's just a physical run play. They, they get a double team on Luke Brown that time, and then allow that allows Griffin Meinhold to go behind those two blockers and finds just enough running room, battling for every yard he gets, and a first down, our first first down of the night for either team. First and 10 from the Laker 15-yard line. Lakers certainly coming out looking focused tonight. Fortunately, throw an early turnover in favor of the Bad Axe. Hatches brought in by Griffin Meinhold. Now Bad Axe first and 10 from the Laker 15. It's a Evan Schenk pitch and sweep out, and he tries to break out his first tackle. There's the <laughs> infantry of green jerseys bringing him down. Michael Good as well as Caleb Neaton bringing down the tackle for a loss of two yards. Tried to cut it inside, but actually went outside. Should have been inside instead. Second down and 12. Yeah, what we're getting at there is you saw Griffin Meinold. It's a mismatch, right? But Griffin Meinold has his back to the backfield, and he is allowing the linebacker to go around him. So he pushes him into the backfield. Because Evan Shank does not cut it up the middle, Griffin Meinhold pushes that defender right to the outside, right where Evan Shank decided to go, and uh, ends up being a disaster, which just goes for a loss on first down. But I think if Evan Shank cuts up the middle, he does get a good game. Evan Shank gets the for, uh, handoff out of the I formation as the uh, intended fullback. He got out for about four yards. Tackle made by James McCardle, defensive tackle, six foot five, two hundred forty pounds, junior for the Lakers. Gets out, regains those lost yards, and then about two, maybe three more. Third down and seven, according to the scoreboard here at the thirteen yard line. Zero zero five twenty five left in the first quarter. Badax knocking down the door. Yeah, just back to some physical football, right? Like none of the the double wings type stuff. Just line up two in there. And power that away from Luke Brown, run to the left side. And Evan Shank gets about four on first down. And now third down and seven coming up. You're going to see the spread offense. Two receivers each way for, for quarterback Brown. Pulaski to the right of Brown. Brown throws to the corner. It's brought in by Jake McPhee at the five. Spins out one tackle. Dragging touchdown. his defender. He lunges across the goal line. Touchdown, Maddox. Jake McPhee had Jay Sears around his waist. And he takes all 218 pounds and lunges across the goal line. Just enough to break the plane. And the Bad Axe Hatchets touchdown first and strike first blood with 4.57 left in the first quarter. It's Bad Axe 6, Lakers nothing, 4.57 left in the first quarter. 
A good throw and catch there, but when it's one-on-one -on -one coverage everywhere, it's pretty tough for any individual to guard Jake McPhee one-on-one. And he goes right to the goal line and plants his foot, creates separation, and Keaton Brown throws it on the dime and then allows uh, McPhee to work his magic and power his way into the end zone. And Griffin Meinhold splits the uprights with the PAT, and it's 7-0. Lakers trailing the Bad Axe with 4.57 left in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Seven nothing. Banax leading the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Four fifty-seven left in the first quarter. A drive that took three minutes and twenty-six seconds off the clock. Covered just twenty-eight yards. Set up by that interception at the twenty-eight yard line. Two for two on third down. One first down in tow. Kept off with a Jake McPhee thirteen-yard catch. Mindhold with the PAT. The kick brought in by Michael Good gets all the way out to the 35-yard line before he's upended by Cal Isinger. Nice return there for Michael Good. And sets up the Lakers with decent field position at their own 34-yard line, according to the Smot. Trailing 7-0 to the Bad Axe Hatchets, 4.51 left in the first quarter. Yeah, certainly not the start that uh, Laker fans wanted to see. Is either team down early, 7-0, but no reason to panic. Uh, but they got to get this run game going, right? They, they tried two run plays. One was Wisner, one was McCain. They attacked the middle of the defense. Bad X was able to swarm there, make for a long third down and a passing situation. And McCain was flushed out of the pocket, made a bad decision, and threw it to the other team. Bad X gets on the board first, 7-0. Lakers offense now on the field to try and respond. Jay Sears wide right, Michael Good wide left, double shift to the left side. That'd be Tyson Steinman and Caleb Neaton. A little bit of a bad snap, and Connor McCain has to grab it for himself. He has positive yards. Miraculously gets onto the 35-yard line before he is stopped by Evan Schenk, as that one was basically trickled back to him on the turf, and he was able to make that up for a positive gain of a yard. Second down and nine, that could have been disastrous. Yeah, the whole play went to the left, so when the ball bounces off of him, it kind of fumbles out to the right. So when he picks it up, the whole team's gone the other direction. That was so he, the one good thing, yeah. He picks it up, and there's one guy to beat, and he's kind of able to push him forward and get a yard out of it, which, again, avoids disaster and turns it into a short game. So Lakers trying to get something going here now. Four wide, two wide each way. In the backfield, Connor McCain, Ethan Wisner. There's a snap direct to Ethan Wisner, rumbling forward and drags the pile forward all the way down to about the 39, 38-yard line for a gain of three. Tackle made by Badax's Noah Brown, outside linebacker, 5'10", 205-pound senior for the Badax defense. Third down and five from the Lakers' 39-yard line, trailing 7-0 to Badax. Yeah, that was a little better run. You see Wisner get between those defensive tackles and, and, and wiggle his way into the linebacking core to get maybe four yards on the play. Those are what the running plays that they're looking for. They got to get them on first down, though, because here we are again at third down in that medium, third down at five in your own territory. So uh, unless you get a full four yards, I, I think you'd be a punting situation here. So important play for Lakers. Ethan Wisner gets the direct snap. He is stopped at about the 42, puts the football out, and they're going to say he's short of the first down marker by about two yards. Tackle made by Hayden Miles, defensive tackle senior for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Ethan Wisner needed five. He got three. Fourth down and two for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Looks like they're going for it. Looking at the sideline right now. Yeah, interesting play is, is he's on top of a defender, right? And he recognizes that he is basically tackled, but laying on top of a defender. So you see him at the end reach the football out. They do not give him 
that that extra yardage. But a case could be made that he was not down yet on top of a defender. But uh, they mark him a little shorter than what maybe he could have been. So this is going to be a full two yards now for Lakers. As you're right, their offense is on the field. Connor McCain, and this is a direct snap to Ethan Wisner, lowering the shoulder. It looks like he got it by about a half a yard, all the way out to the 44 and a half. Then you get to the 44-0 line out there. And Ethan Wisner on the shoulders of that freight train gets the first down, move the chains. Tackle made by Noah Brown for the Mad Axe Hatchets. First and 10 for the green and white for the first time tonight. It's nice to have a player like that, but don't don't uh, leave Connor McCain short it's because he's going to be the lead fullback on that play. And if he doesn't pick up the linebacker, Wisner doesn't get that first down, but his physicality, the offensive lineman in the trenches win that battle. And uh, a little bit of a gamble in your own territory works out well for Lakers as they reset the downs and a new set of downs for Lakers. Two wing backs and is a direct snap to Wisner going to his right now. Cuts back inside across midfield and down to the 49 of Badaxe. A gain of six for Ethan Wisner on first and ten. Tackle made by Evan Shank, defensive end for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Ethan Wisner getting the yardage in chunks like he has all season long on the night already. Five carries for 16 yards. That was a little better run. And so, again, for Lakers, for them to fall down 7 nothing early in the game, it's no big deal to them because they, they, win the, they win these types of games in the second half where they just grind you with those big bodies up front, beat you up all game long with Wisner and company running the football. Their physicality wears you down, and that's what they're trying to do here, a nice long drive and really apply some pressure on that bad axe defense. Jay Sears wide right looking to the sideline from Dave Levasseur for the play call. In the backfield, Connor McCain, Ethan Wizard to his left. Connor McCain gets the snap, rolling to his right, looking has positive yards, lowers the shoulder, gets out of that tackle. Looks like he has the first down in tow. And gets out for five yards or four yards right at the 45. Finally stopped by Keaton Brown. Safety for the Bad Axe defense. Move the chains for the second time this drive, the second time of the night. First and 10 for the Bad Axe 45 yard line. And that's key because you can't just feed the ball to Wisner 40 times a game, as fun as that sounds for Lakers. You got to have somebody else uh, finds a way to, to be a threat. And, and Connor McCain so far doing that tonight as he bounces out to the right, tacks the middle, nothing there, slides out to that right hand side, is able to get around the linebacker and get enough for a first down. Looking at the sideline once again, Jay Sears wide right. Michael Good, wingback slash tight end on the left side. 50 seconds left here in the first quarter. Bad X 7, Lakers nothing. Less than 10 seconds on the play clock. Five seconds now. Ethan Wisner buys lonesome out of the backfield. He's rolling outside to left. Stiff arms, one defender. Cutting down, leaps over at one at the 40 and rumbles all the way down to the near sideline, all the way down to the 37-yard line. Tackle made by Jake McPhee for the Bad Axe Hatches. He's going to be shy of the first down marker. <laughs> first and ten, you don't need that much. And it's now a second down and two for the green and white. An impressive run because, again, Bad Axe does a nice job of taking away the middle. Brennan Wisner is a, is a north and south runner, right? He wants to go straight at you. He wants to go over you, through you, whatever is easier. So for him to not see anything he likes, he cuts it to the outside and turns on, turns it into the next gear and gets to the sideline before the linebacker turns nothing into an eight-yard game. We've reached the end of the first quarter with a one-possession ball game in favor of the Bad Axe Hatchets. It's Bad Axe 7, Lakers nothing, but the Lakers marching down the field in Bad Axe territory. After 12 minutes of play, Bad Axe 7, Lakers 0. Lakers facing a second down and two to start the second quarter. They trail Bad Axe 7-0, but they are at the Bad Axe 
37-yard line, and we have a lot of motion. And now Lakers are going to reset this one. Looking at the sideline, Jay Sears wide right. Now it's Lakers moving left to right across the radio. Jay Sears now sprinting to the other side of the field. Connor McCain and Ethan Wisner. Less than five seconds on the play clock, and the Lakers are going to have to call their second timeout of this first half. As plenty of miscommunication there from the green and white. Not exactly how they want to start the second quarter. No, a lot of confusion, and uh, quite frankly, I think they they actually there was a false start on the play. I think Connor, Connor McCain, I thought, think he thought the play started, and I'm not sure how it didn't. But uh, again, they do a lot of motion. They do a lot of uh, pre-snap stuff where they simply shift guys. That's how they get away with moving two or three at a time. It's not a guy truly going in motion. It's a complete shift and change of the play, and uh, it can get very confusing and complicated. And, and Coach Lavaster knows that. He understands that what he asks out of these guys is a lot. It's the most complex offense around, he, and he will be the first one to tell you that. And uh, these situations happen, you know, where it takes one guy to be in the wrong place or they try to shift too much and they run out of time. And uh, here they are calling a timeout, just simply trying to get back on pace. So 7 nothing, Bad Axe leading, leading the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in Laker country. Lakers, though, marching and facing a second out and two. Ethan Wisner, six carries for 24 yards, leads the Lakers. Averaging four yards per carry, carried the ball 67% of the time so far in this ballgame. Second down and two from the Bad X 37. Working off the left hash, left right across the radius. Direct snap to Ethan Wisner, looking to pass downfield. As Michael Good wide open down the field, and this one's a little just overreached. And too much mustard on that one as Michael Good lunges out for it, hits the turf, and falls incomplete. As he had his defender beat in double coverage, both defenders beat down the field. That would have been a touchdown otherwise. Incomplete third down and two. Well, and that's what makes Michael Good one of the better true wide receivers we have in this area, right? Because you see him run to his defender, slow down a bit, look like he's going to block him, and then shift it right back into the next gear and blow right by both of those defenders. While in the backfield, when Ethan Wisner gets the ball, you're assuming he is going to attack you and run you over. So to see him kind of settle back there and then with effortlessly throw it down the field was pretty impressive. And uh, just it, it's it, an opportunity just missed. A big play overthrown just barely on Michael Good. Lakers goes for the pre-snap, and Bannock's nearly fell into the neutral zone. Looking to the sideline for the play call. Jay Sears wide right in his direct snap to Ethan Wisner. Has a seam. He's rolling out. He's rolling across the 30 and finally brought down to the 28-yard line and brought down by Griffin Meinhold for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Move the chains on a third down conversion for the green and white. Nice run there. And again, like I said, if Ethan Wisner, when he gets rolling, he, he is very, very good. And it's it's he always seems to get off to slow starts, but he's a bigger guy, and I think he just has to get into the game. Um, he reminds me of about three, four years ago, he reminds me of Ezekiel Elliott. That's the guy he reminds oh, okay. me of, right? Big, straight ahead, wants to go at you, still has that sneaky speed to beat you around the side. Just physical. Feed that guy the ball, and that's what Lakers will do every single week if they can. Seven carries already on this night. 11.45 and counting here in the second quarter. Banax with a lone score so far, 7-0. Lakers, though, on the Banax 27-yard line. First and 10. And we have another whistle, and it's going to be a delay of game on the Lakers as the play clock running down to zero. And that's the first flag of this evening. So this will push back the Lakers five yards. So instead of first and 10 from the 32, or excuse me, the 27, it's going to be a first and 15 from the 32. 11.34 left in the second quarter. Again, it's hard to explain unless you've been to a Laker game, but when you watch those coaches, there's multiple coaches giving hand signals. It's very complicated. They do a lot of things to make sure you don't know what they're doing, and uh, that one's going to cost them five. It just took too long. It's a Conor McCain keeper. He's zipping and diving and all the way across the 20s, breaking out another tackle. 
and finally upended all the way down to about the 11 yard line where Jake McPhee is finally able to wrap him up for a 21 yard pickup for Connor McCain moving the chains from a first and 15 to almost a first and goal. First and 10 from the 12 yard line, a 20 yard pickup. That's just an impressive run. And then you see Lakers hurry up to the line of scrimmage here. Just an impressive run by McCain. He does a lot himself. Lots of broken tackles, missed tackles, and he turns into a huge gain. Ethan Wizard dives right into the trenches there. Not much going there. Tackle made by Baddox's front line and led by Cal Isinger for the front line. Gain of two on the play, down to the 10-yard line, second down and eight. Yeah, Lakers tried to hurry up to the line of scrimmage that time. Direct snap to Wisner. He goes straight ahead, but Baddox not fooled by the change of pace or anything. They go, they fill the center of that field up perfectly and Wisner has nowhere to go he gets maybe a yard or two at most good stop there by Badax good recovery by the defense Lakers looking to the sideline now comes back to the line of scrimmage second down and eight 10 35 left in the second triple shift to the right side Badax adjusts accordingly that's Tyson Steinman and number 13 Caleb Neaton it's a counter McCain direct snap and across the goal across the line of scrimmage all the way down to about the seven maybe the eight yard line Gain of three on the play, bringing up a third down and five. Tackle made by Badex is Drayden Romas, defensive end senior for the blue and gold. Third down, five yards to go for the green and white inside the red zone. Yeah, you see Lakers shift three guys from left to right, so every offensive player is right of the quarterback. So very interesting you see Connor McCain take the snap and actually go left. You see him go to the weak side, hoping that if he can make one guy miss, there's no other defenders there. But uh, Bad X is able to make the stop and just a short gain for McCain. Third and five. Going for the pre-snap now, Caleb Neaton and Tyson Steinman on the over weighing the right side of the line, working just inside the right hash as well. Connor McCain gets the snap. Going to be quarterback keeper, dives forward. And he's going to be close to that first down, close to the goal line. Is he in? No. He has the first down, but he's short of the goal line. So a gain of five. And it's going to be now a brought down by Griffin Meinhold on the stop against number seven. Connor McKean, first and goal to go from the one-yard line. What you see Lakers do there is they take Jay Sears and they take Michael Good and spread them out as wide receivers as far away from the line of scrimmage as they can. One to the left, one to the right. And that simply spreads that bad axe defense out a little bit. And when they do their same play where they snap it directly to one of the backs, this time it's McCain, he goes straight ahead. There's just two less defenders, and he's able to maneuver right down. That ball's got to be as close as it possibly could be to the goal line without being in. Tyson Steinman, man in motion to the right side along with Michael Good at the wing back. Direct snap to Ethan Wisner, rolling to his right, looking for the seam, trying to find a cut up, and he's going to be close, and it's a scrum across the goal line. They're going to say he is short at the half-yard line. Ethan Wisner upended, we'll say, for uh, no gain on the play. Second down, goal to go, still from the one-yard line. Evan Shank has been credited for that tackle. That's pretty good defense by Badex, but I, I'm not in love with the play call, right? It's 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 uh reminds me of the Super Bowl a few years ago when you have Marshawn Lynch and you don't run the ball, right? Just run it straight ahead. Go right at him. you got the most physical back in the area. Attack the defense. You need one yard, maybe less than that. Um, so taking your biggest, the strongest running back and sweeping it to the outside. Uh, you're just trying to catch the defense off guard. Do what you do best, pound this thing in. I think they'll do it here. 
Ethan Wisner diving straight forward, and he's in untouched. Touchdown, Lakers, with 8-11 remaining in the first half, and the Lakers are on the board for the first time tonight as Wisner rumbles in from one yard out to make this a one-point ball game, potentially a tie ball game with a PAT upcoming from Jay Sears. Just a classic Lakers drive, just slow, methodical, just physical football, running the football, doing a great job, winning at the line of scrimmage. And uh, Connor McCain, that drive, had a couple big runs to set up that touchdown run, topped off by an Ethan Wisner one-yard run. Bad snap, and it's going to be right into the hands of Jay Sears. Throws us downfield, and it falls to the turf incomplete. The PAT broken play results in no extra points, so Badax hangs on and clings on to a one-point one lead over the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers with 8-11 remaining in the second quarter. It's Lakers 6, Badax 7 on the WLW Sports Network. Lakers caps off of a 66-yard drive on 15 plays. Eight minutes and 46 seconds off the clock. Capped off with an Ethan Wisner one-yard rumble into the end zone. The PAT failed on a bad snap. Makes this a one-point ball game. Bad X seven. Lakers six with 8-11 remaining in the second quarter. Jay Sears' kick is rolling out of bounds and rolls out of bounds at about the 20-yard line. So this will be... Bad X ball at their own 35-yard line, right to left across your radio with a one-point lead, 7-6 to six, over their hosting Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Yeah, starting at your own 35 really is, is normally a pretty good thing, but Bad X has had the privilege of starting twice in Laker territory <laughs> yeah. already and just holding on to that one-point lead. But got to get back to that Laker drive. 15, 15 or 16 plays, just slow, methodical, just physical football wearing down the defense. That's what they want to do because as the game goes on, Ethan Wisner tends to get stronger as that physical back, and those three, two, three, and four-yard runs will eventually turn into four, five, six, eight-yard runs, and that's what Lakers is trying to do. Badax going in the spread formation. Keaton Brown has Nathan Blasky off his right hip. Two receivers wide each way working off the left hash. Griffin Meinhold in motion. It's going to be a, hand, a handoff to Griffin Meinhold on the jet sweep. And he gets out and across the 35, out to about the 36-yard line. Tackle made by Lakers 26, Ethan Wisner. Middle linebacker, senior for the green and white. Gain of one, second down and nine. It's a jet sweep, but it's still a read option. Uh, I think it was designed to hand it off to Griffin Meinhold, but I would like my senior quarterback to at least have that option because I, I felt that if Keaton Brown kept it, I thought there was more people uh, defending the jet sweep than there was in the middle of the field. I thought it was an opportunity for, uh, for Keaton to keep it there, but he hands it off, and when Griffin turns the corner, there is nobody there. Meinhold's tackled for a short gain, and the Laker defense stands tall on first down. Second down, nine to go. Right to left, cross your radio. Receiver wide to the left. Drayton Romas, two to the right. Jake McPhee and the slot receiver, Evan Shank. As he'll be staying in the pocket, throwing downfield. Keaton Brown has Jake McPhee, but he was tripped up by Jay Sears at midfield as both were pushing off of each other. Good no call there. Don't know, no flag was necessary there at all. Ball's incomplete, third down and nine. Yeah, just a little bit of contact, right? Like, if, if you're the defender and Jake McPhee's running at you, there's going to be some contact. <laughs> there's going to be contact. Right, and when, when Sears goes to turn around, he gets – they're a little tangled up there. McPhee is able to keep his momentum going. 
but he lost just Third enough of it where when Keaton Brown let go inches. of that ball, he had lots of air on it, plenty of opportunity for McPhee to get it, but sailed it a little too far because of that unintentional contact about five yards down the field. And uh, again, an opportunity. Maybe Bad Axe is keeping that in the back pocket, is knowing that the backside of that field is wide open. Keaton Brown throws downfield. Griffin Meinhold is out of his reach as he left his feet to grab it at the Laker 40-yard line as Lakers actually had no safety on that play. And so back, the secondary was wide open as Griffin Meinhold running down the near sideline. Falls incomplete, a little overthrown. Fourth and nine for the 36. Bad X have to punt this one away. Yeah, so for Lakers, it's risky, right? Like, normally you keep a deep safety out there and kind of keep have him keep an eye on the quarterback and try to help out, right? Be that deep center field player. Try to create a double team if they can. But Griffin Meinhold in the slot there literally just goes straight down the field and then works around the outside receiver. And uh, I believe it was Colton Pulaski in coverage. He just loses him. Griffin Meinhold outruns him, uses his offensive player as a weapon, and gets deep. And that ball is just slightly overthrown by Keaton Brown. Lakers nearly blocks the punt and is brought in by Jay Sears. He's there and runs out of bounds at the Laker 48, maybe the 49-yard line. It's a nice return there for Jay Sears. They're going to him down right at midfield at the 50. So with 7.05 remaining, Bad Axe with a three and out punt gives the ball back to the Lakers, trailing by one point, seven to six, Bad Axe leading the Lakers. But Lakers at midfield with a little momentum on their side. Good job by the Lakers defense, but I, I fear for them as the game goes on that if you're going to try and take that deep safety and put him on the line of scrimmage and create pressure on Keaton Brown, you better get pressure on Keaton Brown because he's missed a couple deep throws and just by a hair that could have turned this game around. Ethan Wisner gets the direct snap and he rumbles out for two yards to the Bad Axe 48-yard line before he stopped by Noah Brown for the Bad Axe Hatches after a two-yard gain. Second down and eight right up the trenches, two yards in a cloud of dust. Yes, uh, rinse and repeat for the Lakers, right? They are going to come at you. They do not care if you know they're running on first down and they're coming right at you. They they are banking on their offensive linemen winning. And I would say right now, it's been pretty much a draw. Bad Axe has stood tall with the running game. It took 15 or 16 plays just to go 60 yards last series. Bad Axe is going to make it tough for them. Lakers, though, are no problem making first downs on fourth down if that's what it takes. Jay Sears wide right, everyone else. Working on now to overload the right side as Michael Good now in the backfield with Easton Wisner. It's a pitch to Michael Good, and Bad Axe is going to find him in the backfield, cleaned up by Jake McPhee and Evan Shake. As first contact was already on way back at the 45, and Michael Good gets out for three yards after that to the 48, but still it's a loss of four yards on the play. Third down and 12 upcoming for the green and white. And the whole thing was ugly, right? Because when you see the quarterback pitch it to Michael Good, Michael Good had to spin around backwards the wrong way to get the ball. The pitch was behind him, and that kind of took away his momentum, but it was a 15, Alex Andrich in the backfield to disrupt the play. Michael Good does make him miss, but there's just a swarm of defenders, Evan Shank, Jake McPhee, and company to make sure there's a tackle for loss. Wisner and Michael Good in the backfield. Jay Sears wide left. They do that triple shift over to the right. At tight end, technically, would be Connor McCain behind him, number 13, Caleb Neaton. Play clock down to about two, and it's going to be Ethan Wisner rolling. We have flags flying, and this one is overthrown. Intended for Connor McCain back at the 28-yard line. As flags are on the field, it looks like it's going to be a false start against the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers.
illegal shift is the official call against the green and white. They can call it a legal shift that they want, but it, 76 is the guilty party there. Luke Brown, he, he leaned back to who, the, the tight end behind him to confirm the play. He hadn't even got reset yet, but the center snapped the ball knowing that the, they didn't want to get a delay of game call. Uh, so when those linemen aren't set, they're going to define it as an illegal shift. And they decline the penalty and force a fourth down instead of giving them five yards on their shot down field. I, I don't blame him for that. He's backing them up five yards. You just give, you know, Sears, who's extremely fast, Michael Good, who is, is a good route runner and a good receiver, you give them another chance to throw it down the field. Uh, I don't mind that uh, decline at all. It's, it's, it's got to be a punting situation here on fourth and 12. Looking to the sideline, fourth down and 12 from their own 48-yard line, 518 left in the second. Triple shift to the right side once again. Ethan Wisner now steps back, awaiting the long snap, and he's going to punt this one away, and we have another punt and another flag. And Ethan Wisner's punt bounces at the 29. Big Laker bounce inside the 20 and finally comes to rest at the 17-yard line. But we do have a flag to, to work out here, and it's going to be a false start against the Lakers. False start call against Lakers. So that, play should have had, that punt should have had even gone off. Play should have been rolled dead or called dead before the snap even occurred. So now instead of a fourth down and 12, we have fourth and 17. Lakers will have to repunt this one away. Yeah, 509 left in the second. Yeah, this time they'll uh, they'll take the five yards and, and make them punt it again because that punt got a pretty nice uh, forward bounce there. But uh, again, I, I don't think they have the option on this. They, no, they, they do don't. Not. It should no. have been a dead ball foul anyways. But uh, this is going to back them up five yards. And again, this is a one-point game. But Badax has won the field position battle so far in this game. They're up one and could potentially be up a lot more. So Ethan Wisner backs up, acting punter for this Laker program. Nice booming punt there for, from Ethan Wisner, but it rolls out of bounds and has some distance, but this is going to be a short punt based on the angle, and they're going to say it went out of bounds with the 37-yard line. So Van will start out at their own 37, pretty much where they started their last drive with 5.09 remaining in the second quarter with a one-point ball game. Van 7, Lakers 6. Van back on offense after forcing a three-and-out punt from the Elton Pigeon Bay Poor Lakers. Yeah, it was a high booming kick, but it was angled out of bounds and, and just didn't go as far as it could have because it was out of bounds before the ball even touched the ground. So they don't allow a return, and uh, but it's still pretty good field position for Bad Axe at their own 37-yard line. And outside of two different drives, really been a stalemate. Both defenses playing well in this game. 5.09 remaining in the first half. Bad Axe 7, Lakers 6, and it's going to be a handoff to Griffin Meinhold in the green and white. Sniff that one out from the get-go. Ethan Wisner found himself in the backfield and brings him down for a five-yard loss as Griffin Meinhold had absolutely nowhere to go. Yeah, nowhere to go is right. They try that sweep to the far side, the right side. There's nothing there. Laker defenders everywhere blowing that play up and a loss on first down. We talked about that before the game started. First down is going to be important for both of these teams. You have to find a way to get positive yardage, three, four yards, just like your wing T teams, your running first teams. Bad X has had no luck doing that tonight. Even Lakers have struggled on first down, setting up long second and third down plays, taking your offense out of rhythm. Second down, 15 for their own 32. Right to left, Grosser Radio. Keaton Brown in the shotgun. Running back to his right. Griffin Meinhold in motion to the far side. Rolling to his right. Looking downfield. Let's this one fly. And this one is going to be overthrown and thrown out of bounds. Actually, pass was intended for Griffin Meinhold. In coverage there was Garrett Strahan out of the secondary for the Lakers. Incomplete third down and 15 for the blue and gold. Yeah, I think it was more of just kind of throwing it away, right? Yeah. Like, I got to throw it towards my receiver, but I'm getting rid of it because he got hit as he threw, and uh, it was good coverage, but that front of Lakers is able to create that pressure 
forces the quarterback, Keaton Brown, off his spot. Now, don't get me wrong, he's good on the run, but uh, there was he needed a little more time, and there was not enough room to run, and he had to get rid of it earlier than he wanted to, and that ball falls incomplete. And we have a timeout called by the Bad Axe Hatches facing a third down and 15 with 4.15 remaining in the first half. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Maddox comes out of the timeout on a third and 15 and his quarterback keeper for Keaton Brown. And Lakers saw that play coming from a mile away. And it's going to be a loss of two on the play back to the 31-yard line. So now fourth down and a ways to go, and Badak's going to have to punt this one away. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Badak didn't attempt to throw the ball down the field. Again, it's one-on-one -on -one coverage. There's no deep safety. You, you have some opportunities down the field to throw it to some of your best receivers, or you throw a screen pass. Throw a screen pass because it's one receiver blocking the other, and it's one-on-one -on -one for your best playmaker. The punt is blocked, and it's going to be recovered by Badak at the 33-yard line. Jumped on it was number 18, A.J. Fritz, as, Keith, as Griffin Meinhold got the punt away, but Lakers was all over that backfield, and the green and white will have a short field to begin with on the plus side of the field with 3.33 remaining in the first half. Lakers trying to take their first lead of the game. And that's big because Lakers' only scoring drive took quite a while. They, they just weren't able to get any big plays, but now that they get that punt blocked, they start on the plus side inside the 35 of Badax with 3.33 to go in the half down one. This is a great opportunity for them to use utilize the whole clock run their same style offense slow and steady and try to retake the lead or take the lead for the first time going into half from the plus side of the field griffin or kind of connor mccain gets the direct snap and he tries to find a seam he does a little bit before he's forward progress is finally stopped at the 31 yard line after a two yard gain big man 78 matt kabaki on the stop six foot 230 pound senior on the front line, second down and eight from the Badax 31-yard line. Lakers six, Badax seven, 313 and counting in the second. Now you see McCain take the snap and, and actually show a handoff to Wisner before taking it back and attacking the middle. But that's uh, the kind of the theme for the green and white. They just want to keep attacking until they wear you down and bust a big run. Looking at the sideline, Jay Sears wide right. Ethan Wisner, the only man in the backfield in the shotgun. Overloading the left side, splitting the hash marks at the Bad X 31-yard line. Jay Sears now in motion. It's a pitch to Jay Sears. Runs out of one tackle, and he's going to be breaks out of two tackles. Has some positive yards and nearly the first down as well. Tackle finally made to track down by number 70 for the Bad X Hatches. We do not have a 70. number 70, Jack Hollingsworth. Jack Hollingsworth wearing number 70 tonight, not 17. And so that is, again, they're saying he stepped out of bounds well short of the first down, way down to the, looks like, the 27-yard line, actually. So it's going to be a third down, manageable third down and four for the green and white. And that's where speed is dangerous, right? Because Jay Sears is the fastest offensive player Lakers has. And Noah Brown had a shot at him. He's able to run around him. You even saw Griffin Meinhold come flying in and just missed. Jay Sears was able to just avoid that tackle and turn it up the sideline, which a loss of seven was easy on the play. Turns it into a big game and makes third down short. Ethan Wisner lets the play develop, trying to find a seam. He does so, and he looks like he has the first down as well by about a yard. He needed four. He got five. Jake McPhee finally cleans him up, but not until after the sticks. First and 10 upcoming for the green and white at their Bad X 22-yard line. A lot of patience, a lot of different changing of directions, waiting for holes to develop. He's able to weasel his way, weave and bow up through that 
defense there to get that four just enough to get that first down. Third down conversion yeah, now, first and 10 from the down. Laker, excuse me, the Banex 21, maybe the 22-yard line. Jay Sears wide right. He's about 30 yards away from the play. Working off the left hash. In the backfield, Connor McCain, Ethan Wisner, Michael Good in motion. Screen pass over to the right side to Michael Good, and it was Alex Andrich was made contact with Michael Good before the ball was even there. Uh, bang, bang play there, falls incomplete. And it's now going to be second out of 10. It certainly seemed like Bad X knew it was coming there because Keaton Brown had rotated over to double-team Sears, and at, at the, that exact same time, Michael Good comes over in motion, and now it's a three-on-two situation. Andrich follows Good over. It's man-to-man -man coverage, so there's three defenders to two receivers, and when he throws that ball, Andrich is right there, and if he's making guy with the ball, he could have taken that ball away. It was a high snap, bounced straight up. Connor McCain was able to bring it in, but Alex Andrich makes Connor McCain seven, hurt, Connor McCain. and Connor McCain number 15, Alex seems to be some sort of knee injury here as he's down at way back of the 32-yard line as Connor McCain calling for the medical crews to come out onto the field. Never like to see this. Minute 36 left in the second quarter. 7-6, Maddox leading Lakers. Connor McCain on a, a snap that hit his hands, went straight up, had a lot of, a lot of force on that snap, was able to bring it in. Try to make something doing with it. Alex Andrews for Maddox found him in the backfield after a very large loss. It's going to be a third down and 19. And we are going to return in just a moment right here on the WLW Sports Network. Minute 36 left in the second quarter. Unfortunately, Connor McCain is being helped off the field right now. He's back up on his own two feet. That's the good news. He's able to put very little pressure on that left leg as Eli Caban from Sure Health, active physical therapy as well on the sidelines for the Lakers here tonight. Working with Connor McCain, trying to work out that what appears to be a knee injury. Hate to see it get rolled up as well as lost his footing at the same time in that loss. And now it's third down to 19 for the Elgin Pitcher Bayport Lakers. Yeah, you're going to see, uh, yeah, it's a tough break for Lakers there because Connor McCain plays a very important one-two punch role with Easton Wisner. And when you take out the second punch, it, there's going to be a lot of 26 in their future. I hope Connor McCain's okay, but he looks like he's in some pain. And uh, you're going to see 23 step into that role. Garrett Strahan going to be asked to do a lot more. And uh, Dave LeMaster wants to discuss things a little bit more with his Lakers squad. With a minute six left in the second quarter, calling his third and final timeout of this first half. It is seven to six, Badax leading the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers in the first week of the postseason. So the crew's getting the gator with Connor McCain to the local hospital here. As the gator came about six inches within our microphone. <laughs> I, I figured it was a it's lost cause there, but amazingly it's still on the field. 
Third down, 19, a minute six left in the second. As Lakers now has Ethan Wisner with number 23, Garrett Strahan to his right. Direct snap, back to pass. Ethan Wisner taking a shot downfield, and this one is brought in, intercepted by the Lakers, or by the Bad Axe Hatchets. Number 11, Keaton Brown, still on his feet at the 10. Now running to the near sideline, has a lead blocker, as he brought down close to the 20-yard line. Pass intercepted by number 11, Keaton Brown. So Bad Axe picks out their second pass of the night, with 51 seconds left in the second quarter. No flags on the play. First and 10 for the blue goal. So, so very... Simple solution here is it's third and 19, right? You're going to punt it on the next down anyway. So it, that play was called. It was going to Michael Good no matter what. Yes, it was a double team, but Michael Good pulled up. He saw the double team and didn't think the ball was going to come his way. And uh, Wisner let it go, assuming that he would run down the field. And, uh, again, nothing there. Uh, Keaton Brown stays deep, collects that ball easily, turns it upfield for some offense for, for Bad X. But with 51 seconds to go, they'll have to go the length of the field. Again, that interception is going to work like a punt for Lakers. And with 51 seconds to go, Bad X holding the lead 7-6. to six. So you hope to see the Lakers be able to bounce back from an injury like that from Connor McCain. Keaton Brown's always going to be in a quarterback keeper. Gets out for about five hard-fought yards from the 20 out to the 25-yard line. Tackle made by Michael Good. And we have our timeout called by the Bad X Hatches. That's the second timeout of the night. We have this first half with 41 seconds left. In the second quarter, Bad X with a one-point lead, 7-6 to six over the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Dave Hanson, what are we seeing here? So for Bad X, I, I'd like to see them get Keaton Brown moving a little bit. Like, so far, the pocket has collapsed. Their offensive line uh, and the passing game hasn't held up long enough for him to evaluate the field and make a decision and a good throw. So you see him move out of the pocket, and he... When he doesn't see anybody that he likes right away, he instantly takes off with the football, and it's a good decision because he turns into a nice game. But with 41 seconds to go, you're going to have to attack the field now through the air, running, taking the open lane to run. It better turn into 20, 30 yards. Otherwise, it's just simply not worth it in this situation. But for Bad X, remember, you come in as heavy underdogs on the road. You have the lead, so no need to make a horrible decision to turn it over. But, yes, you, you trust your senior quarterback enough to push this ball down the field. The good news for Lakers is they did win the toss. Elected to defer, so they will start the second half with the ball. They just need to re to survive these next 41 seconds, get to halftime, regroup, and come back out and see the Lakers squad that we're typically used to see. They've done this before because Ethan Wisner has played quarterback oh, plenty. Well, yeah. He takes a lot of snaps as it is. It's a screen pass over to Jake McPhee, and the green and white sniff that went out from the get-go. He gets out for maybe one yard out to the 26-yard line. Tackle made by number 26, Ethan Wisner, as well for the green and white. And Bad X calls their third and final timeout of this first half with 33 seconds left. So no team... No timeouts left between the two teams, Bad Axe and Lakers, with 33 seconds left. So are we going to see one shot downfield here for the Bad Axe Hatchets, or are they going to run it so the play clock or the game clock can get down as little as possible here? I, I, I think they're going to try to get the first down, Clark. I, I think I would if I were them. Either a slant or go back-to-back -back screen passes, something, because the, the clock will delay while they move the chain. So that would give them an opportunity to then um, – reset at the line of scrimmage, hurry it up, and then run another play. Just keep in mind, Griffin Meinhold is a very good kicker, and I think just roughly guessing no win, 40 yards and in, I think he has a real chance of making. So that's not that uh, you know, unreasonable to think that they are trying to get an opportunity for him to kick a long field goal. Third down, five to go for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Bad Axe with 17 plays for 20. 27 total yards. 
and they lead by one point, seven to six. Lakers with 27 plays for 72 yards, but two interceptions and with one just one touchdown. And it's a reverse to Jake McPhee coming to the near sideline. He's being blocked down in the backfield by Tyson Steinman. Half the size of Jake McPhee, and he brings him down for a loss of about eight yards all the way back to the 17-yard line. They're going to let this play clock roll down to zeros of this first half. So a little bit of both of what we're talking about, right? So they, they run a trick play. They run a, a double reverse to, to Jake McPhee to try to get a, a big play and get a first down. But if he gets tackled, it's no big deal. It's fourth down, but no, they're going to let the clock run out and go to the half with the lead. And that... The scoreboard shows zeros, and we've reached halftime with a one-point ball game. One score for both teams. A point after is the difference so far. It is Banak 7, Lakers 6, after 24 minutes of play on the WLW Sports Network. Listening to the WLW Sports Network at the half. Seven to six. Banax leads by just one point over the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Dave Hansen, how will you tell us how we got to the seven to six ball game at halftime? Well, it was the road team. The Bad Axe Hatchets score first on a Keaton Brown hits Jake McPhee on a 13-yard throw and catch. Meinhold would tack on the extra point. And at the end of one quarter, Badax would lead 7-0. Ethan Wisner, though, would respond with eight minutes to go in the second quarter on a one-yard touchdown run. A bobbled PAT snap would be no good. And at the half, Badax would lead Lakers 7-6. One of the key stats and one key figures here, Connor McCain goes down with a bad knee injury. His left knee goes down. And we have he was taken off with the field off the Gator and off to Sure Health. And never like to see that, especially for a senior player like that. And the second half could be a little different here for the Lakers. But, of course, when you have Ethan Wisner lean the team with 12 carries for 43 yards and the lone score for the Lakers, you're in pretty good hands. Connor McCain ends with eight carries and 29 yards. Jay Sears, one carry for four yards. And Michael Good, one carry for a loss of four. Connor came through the air 0 for 2 with one interception. Ethan Wisner 0 for 3 with one interception as well. For a total of 72 yards on 27 plays and one touchdown. Two turnovers as well, averaging 2.7 yards per play. But that is still 53 more yards than the Bad Axe Hatchets. The Bad Axe Hatchets, 18 plays, 19 yards and one score. They're averaging 1.1 yards per play tonight. 12 carries for a loss of 3 yards. Through the air, though, much more success. Two for six for 22 yards, and a lone score for the Hatchets right to start this ball game on just their second possession. Keaton Brown leads the way with three carries for four yards. Griffin Meinhold, four carries for zero yards. Evan Schenk, three carries for zero yards. And Jake McPhee, two carries for loss of seven. Through the air, Keaton Brown, two for six for 22 yards and one touchdown. Bringing those in, both receptions, Jake McPhee, 22 yards and the touchdown. 50% completion rate for McPhee. So not it's a defensive juggernaut. We kind of expected that coming in here, Dave. And 19 yards for the Hatchets, 72 yards for the Lakers. 
But on the defensive side, Lakers, 14 tackles, 6 tackles for a loss. The Bad Axe Sanchez, 24 tackles, 2 tackles for a loss, 1 sack, and 2 interceptions. Yeah, let's get to the exciting stuff, right? How many yeah. tackles everybody has, because there's nothing to talk about on offense. Bad Axe simply scored because of the single probably biggest play of the game, and it was the opening kickoff that Alex Andrich returned 51 yards to set up a field position battle because Badax goes three and out and then punts it away deep. And then on third down, the very first series the Lakers has deep in their own territory, Connor McCain throws a pick, which led to even better field position for Badax. And fortunately, they were able to put together two pass plays there that led to a Jake McPhee touchdown. That's been it for the Badax offense, and it was thankful to a special teams kicker return to set up good field position on the other side. Lakers at least put together one or two real long drives, move the football with some regularity, but it's been pretty much the one-two punch of McCain and Wisner, and now it's just a one punch. It's just Ethan Wisner, so for Lakers, being down one right now is probably a blessing, and Coach Sylvester could not get his team into the locker room fast enough because now you've got to recalibrate the game plan. Where are all these touches that normally go to McCain? The passing goes through him typically. Um, where does his 8 to 12 carries this half go? And how is that going to look different for Lakers is the big question. If they are going to come out fast to start the second half and take their first lead of the night. Lead the defensive effort for the Lakers. No surprise here. Ethan Wisner with four tackles, three of those for a loss. Tyler Hill, two tackles, one tackle for a loss. Tyson Steinman, two tackles, including one for a loss. Connor McCain, one tackle. Caleb Neaton, one tackle for a loss. Michael Good and Blaine Wren, each with a tackle. Jake McPhee leads the way for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Five tackles, including one for a loss. Noah Brown, five tackles as well. Evan Shank, three tackles. Griffin Meinholds, two tackles, as well as Keaton Brown, who has two tackles, including one for a loss. In one interception, Griffin Meinhold has the other interception. Cal Isinger with two tackles. And Alex Andrich with one sack on the evening. So, Dave Hansen, what do we expect to see here in the second half? I think you see more of the same. I mean, uh, Lakers offense was is just crippled right now uh, with the loss of Connor McCain and for Badax they have had nothing they, they really have had not again 19 play or 18 plays for 19 yards is means their offense was completely smothered now from our vision up here there's some opportunities but it's going to have to be in the passing game it's one-on-one -on -one coverage everywhere Lakers is simply trying to overload the line of scrimmage on defense get to Keaton Brown as fast as possible while leaving their defenders on an island one-on-one -on -one with no deep safety. So if they can roll the pocket or, or buy some time, I think there's an opportunity in the passing game. And even just one big pass play by the Bad Axe offense would then scare that Laker defense back a little bit, and then they can attack with the running game. On the other side for Lakers, I come back to that question. Where are the Connor McCain touches going? Wisner is going to dominate the ball. I think they're going to ask him to throw it, but for me, I would like to, I would, on first down, I would call a pass play and get Ethan Wisner an easy throw and catch, maybe a screen pass, something short to build a little confidence because he is now. Uh, going to have to make some plays, not just on the ground. So for Lakers, it, it's going to be a lot run heavy, just like you saw. But I, I would love to see them get Ethan Wisner involved in the passing game and build that confidence, knowing that this could be a tight game, low-scoring tight game the rest of the way. Other area scores going on. We'll start out at any player football. Agre Sims taking care of North Huron so far, 46 to 20 in the second quarter up in Agre. Morris was leading Peck last we heard in the first quarter, 16 to 6. Deckerville and Kingston. It was tied 0-0 at the end of the first quarter, and now it's tied at halftime, 8-8 eight eight in Kingston. Deckerville and Kingston, of course, Kingston without Owen Corliss. 
That game's wild because Kingston has only scored on a 70-yard punt return, and uh, Deckerville scored with 10 seconds left on a 50-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> so just two basically two big plays. Otherwise, there's not been a lot of offense in that game. Brown City and Oakland Christian. Brown City 38, Oakland Christian 22. Make that 46. Brown City just scored again. Okay, so it's 46 to 22. Brown City over Oakland Christian. It was a two-point ball game at the end of the first quarter, 24 to 22. In 11 Blair football, Ubley taking care of Nouvelle. No surprise here at halftime. They lead 35-0 running clock to start the second half. Harbor Beach and MLS, Michigan Lutheran Seminary tied up 14-14. We do believe 29 seconds left in that second quarter. Harbor Beach scored with 50 seconds left in the first half to tie the ball game. The two-point conversion failed, so it stayed to remain tied 14. Harbor Beach, Saginaw, MLS 14 as well. MLS with a three-year starting dual threat quarterback leading the way for the Cardinals of MLS. Harbor Beach led by backup quarterback freshman Caden Buchholz. Yeah, future the future is now for Harbor Beach, right? Caden uh, Buchholz was the heir to the throne, they assume, next year. Um, but he has been forced into action, and we got to see him last week, and, and he looked pretty good. I know Vassar isn't the greatest competition, but it was some big-time reps for him, and uh, he's looked good. And, again, just kind of like we thought. We thought I'll believe take care of business. Saginaw Vell hasn't really been a threat for a few years now, and uh, from everything we saw, Saginaw MLS has uh, one or two really talented guys that carry that team, and for Harbor Beach, uh, we knew they're kind of coming into their best football, so we knew that'd be a close game, and uh, that's going to be an exciting finish. And who's going to go ahead and, and go ahead and play I'll believe, next week? In Division 7, the Cassidy Redhawks on the road at Montrose. And last we heard in the first quarter is Montrose 14, Cassidy 7. I think that's 20 to 7 at the half. 20 to 7 now at the half. Okay, so Montrose leads by 13 points at the half. Montrose 20, Cassidy 7 after two quarters to play in Montrose. So Ubley leading Novell, 35-0. Harbor Beach and MLS tied up just before the half at 14 apiece. Montrose leading Cass City 20-7. In eight-player football, Cass City, excuse me, Kingston and Deckerville 8-8 at halftime. Brown City leading Oakland Christian in the second quarter 46-22. Augury Sims leading North Huron 46-20. And Morris leading Peck, last we heard in the first quarter, 16-6. We'll have to say great work, gentlemen, off air here. Kendall Anthes, our intern, Dan Benke. Our spotter, best in the business, of course, the founder of the Dan Banky School of Football Spotting, back with us this week after his West Coast tour. Good to have you back on air here tonight, Dan Banky. So we are one minute. Yeah, we were one minute away from. As Ken Lantha says, hopefully they didn't find anyone on those trips. <laughs> well, the good news is, uh, Kendall, we, did we, anyone we find, we can't pay them any more than we're paying you. And that's that's zero dollars. <laughs> which is also the same that Dan Pinky gets as well. <laughs> so not sure how that works exactly. We'll have to work on our uh, compensation packages here as well. But Dave Hansen, less than a minute play here before the second half. Both teams stretching things out. We hate to see those injuries. Connor McCain goes down. Just an ugly-looking injury. Lost his footing. That's slipping, but also got rolled up on the same time. Immediate pain for Connor McCain. Hate to see him. Heck of a player. Heck of an athlete. Multiple sport athlete. I do believe plays hockey as well. And so you hate to see that, and we'll see how Lakers responds in the second half. Yeah, you hate to see it, especially for a senior, right? That, that, that's it. You know, it's probably um, his last game. Just, again, not a doctor, and just based on the way the injury looked and the pain he was in, uh, I would assume it's multiple week at the very latest at least. So uh, you know, our, our best thoughts go out to him. But 
yeah, that, but nonetheless, the, this Laker team, that halftime couldn't come fast enough because they're down one, certainly in this game. Uh, quite frankly, have dominated the game. Really, oh, yeah. time of possession. They have the yardage. Uh, they've had the better drives. Uh, if it wasn't for an untimely uh, turnover or two and a, a basically not being able to tackle Alexandrich on the opening kickoff, They've really been the better team, but the scoreboard says bad axe leads. Lakers will get the ball first. Very important drive to set the tone. In a 7-6 game, Lakers doesn't necessarily need to score. It's not that important to score, but they need to create leverage and get an advantage in the field position battle. Bad Axe was able to do that in the first quarter, which allowed them to score first, and they've really kind of leaned on that in the first half. When you take a look at the, the drives, both teams with five drives in that first half. Bad X with five first downs, Lakers with six first downs. Bad X two for six on third down conversions for 33%. Lakers at 43% on three of seven on third downs. Of course, they are one for one on fourth downs as well. Time possession heavily in favor of the Lakers, almost doubling up the hatchets. 15 minutes and 12 seconds for the Lakers, eight minutes and 48 seconds for the Bad X hatchets through 24 minutes of play. So we are both teams ready to go. Lakers won the toss, elected to defer. So the Griffin Meinhold and the Hatchets will be kicking off to the green and white in their home green uniforms. Laker across their chests, white numbers also in white. A matte green helmet for the Lakers. Numbers on their left side, winged L, wheeled L on the right side, with of course the equivalent of Buckeyes on the back of their helmets. There, play stickers for the green and white. Badex, first time we've seen them in their normal jerseys this season. Uh, away, white uniforms, blue numbers, gold outline, hatchets across their chest, navy pants with a navy face mask and helmet, hatchet on either side of the helmet. Dave Hansen, it's, you can feel the intensity. It's halftime here, of course. It's the playoffs. The road to Fort Field, it's win or go home. These teams just met three weeks ago. It was a great game then, and it's a great game now. Well, who's going to get the last lap here tonight? Oh, it's too hard to say. Right now, these two teams evenly matched, uh, both offensively challenged a little bit, but it's more of a credit to how good the defense is playing, right? N neither team is allowing an inch in the middle of the field, just not allowing the running games to beat each other team. So it, the way I see it is if these run defenses continue to set the pace, which team is going to be willing to take that risk to pass the football? And I think... That advantage kind of has to go to Badex. I mean, you have your healthy multi-year starting quarterback. Lakers does not. And, and not that Wisner doesn't throw a good ball, but it's McCain that works on that predominantly. Wisner, it's more of a second type thing, second nature thing that he works on. Clearly, we saw him effortlessly throw it 40 yards down yeah. the field twice. Um, one was overthrown. Well, both were overthrown, but one was in double coverage. But like I said, neither, both of these teams can do it. I think the biggest question mark is how does the Lakers offense change now that it's Wisner's 1A and 1B? Very good point. Griffin Meinhold, the kicker for the Bad Axe Hedges. Senior, multiple year for starter here on varsity, 5'10", 170 pounds. One of the best kickers up there with Brett Mueller in the Greater Them Conference as far as distance, accuracy, and effectiveness in flipping the field. 7-6, Bad Axe leading the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers as we are ready to start this third quarter with Bad Axe kicking off to the Lakers. Deep back for the Lakers would be 
Number 13, Caleb Neaton, is actually brought in by Michael Good as he muffs it at the 26-yard line, cuts across field, has a little breathing room, and breaks out of one tackle, spins out of his second, and he's wrapped up across the 30 out to the 32-yard line, brought down by Jordan Booms, tight end and nose guard and a senior for the Mad Axe Hatches. So Lakers will start out with decent field position at their own 31-yard line, left or right across your radio. Yeah, crucial for them to put together a couple first downs here. Whether they score or not, doesn't matter in a, in a one-point game, but if they can burn a little time, continue to wear down this Bad Axe defense, and then pin them deep, that might be all they need to make this, uh, you know, put this game in their favor because it's been a field position battle, so they now have first chance to set that tone. Jace Sears now in the backfield. As Connor McCain is actually back on the sidelines on crutches. So it's in the backfield, Ethan Wisner and Jace Sears. Wide right would be number 13, Caleb Neaton, as well as number 20, Colton Salaski. Wide left, Tyson Steinman and Michael Good. Jace Sears on the quarterback keeper direct snap around the left side. He has speed and he has the first down. He's still on his feet and all finally run down all the way out to the 49-yard line as Jake McPhee finally had to bring him down. Jace Sears infusing some energy into this Lakers squad out for the big run of 13 yards. Move the chains for the green and white. And I love the guy they choose to set in that place of Connor McCain. We saw Sears actually take a few snaps. Way back when we saw Lakers the first time, he hasn't really done that since, but I, I love the speed element he brings to the table. Jay Sears wasting no more time, and he has a direct snap to him, and he's going to be hit hard across midfield down to the 47-yard line as Jack Hollingsworth and Jake McPhee finish him off after a four, maybe five-yard gain into Bad X territory, the 47. I like it, and they go right to him right away. I mean... Uh, if you're Bad X, you had to assume Wisner was going to get touches early and often, but two plays in, we see Sears get both of them, and, and already, you know, averaging 10 yards a carry. Two big runs, 20 yards already, and just like that, in Bad X territory, flipping field positions early. That is a direct snap to Ethan Wisner this time. He gets tripped up at the original line of scrimmage, and he falls forward across the 45 down to the 43-yard line. Tripped up by Jordan Booms that's playing nose guard now. Gain of four in the play, third down, one yard to go. One other place that uh, Connor McCain doesn't get enough credit is when Wisner runs the ball. McCain is a much bigger body and a better blocker. As you saw Sears step in that hole and get pushed backwards, yeah, that, that's not going to work so good for Wisner. He's going to have to bat a little harder as there's a penalty flag on the play. Bad X was trying to do a substitution, and they had a, had to call a timeout because they had 12 men on the field with 10.40 left in the second half. So Bad X spending a crucial timeout here early in the third quarter as they lead 7-6 over the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. 10.40 remain in the third. Dave Hansen, Jay Sears seems to be the energy that the Lakers needed to start the second half. I like it, and it's, he's a guy that I think they maybe have been saving for this moment anyways, but he brings a speed element that they just don't have. It's very methodical, power-first football, even when McCain's back there. But Sears, he brings some serious speed, and so you're going to kind of see them mix and match. Wisner attack the middle, and Sears especially attack the edges. Again, a couple carries in, 20 yards already. Some big plays by Sears, and when I see big plays, 10 yards is, is a big play tonight, the way it's been going. And again, jolting a little life into this home crowd and this home sideline. So facing the third down and one from the Bad X 43-yard line, and he goes with a 42. Spending two wide each way, Jay Sears and Ethan Wisner in the backfield in the shotgun. Working off the right hash, it's a snap to Ethan Wisner. Looks like he has the first down, still tracking his defenders across the 40, and finally brought down to the 39-yard line. Enough to move the chains, tackle made by 
Jack Hollingsworth, as well as Cal Isinger. As a little extracurricular there from the Vanex defenders, Jake McPhee moved the chains first and 10 from the Vanex 39. Yeah, continuing to go until the whistle finishes blowing there, but good powerful run there by Wisner as he's able to get the first down. Lakers wasting no time. Jay Sears around the end, and he's going to be upended at the 34-yard line by Drayton Robots, who came out of the secondary to stop him, but not until after a five, maybe even six-yard gain for the green and white. Wasting no time already at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, Sears, but with his speed and Wisner, the size he is, he is an excellent blocker, seals the edge, takes away Jake McPhee rotating over, and that Sears is able to run around the left side and get that five yards on first down. Sears gets the snap. He's coming around the right side this time. Jake McPhee cleans him up across the 30. Fumble at the very end of the play. Looks like Jake McPhee ended the ball, but they're going to say, officials are going to say he was down before the fumble occurred. So short of the first down marker, third down, again, one yard to go. Yeah, Lakers didn't Lakers didn't sweat it too much, but that was a lot closer to being a fumble than I think they realized. Uh, they probably was down, but it was very, very close and a break for Lakers, but a four-yard gain on the play. Got to take care of the football. Third down and one coming up. Lakers marching, trailing by one point to Bad X, 7-6, 9-18 and counting here in the third quarter. They're facing a third and one from the Bad X 30-yard line. Working off the right hash. Jay Sears gets the, the snap, but he's been brought down and breaks out of the tackle in the backfield. It's a bad snap. One bound him, and he's going to be brought down way back at the 39-yard line as that play was broken from the get-go as Drayden Romas, the second man in the backfield, was finally bringing him down the speedster, Jay Sears. It's going to be a loss of nine in the play. Now a fourth and ten. Fourth and ten from the Bad X 39-yard line. Yeah, Noah Brown had him clean in the backfield. And Sears was able to escape, but it was definitely a high snap, but that ball almost deflected off the top of his helmet. So it was high, but it wasn't that high. You got an eye on the ball. You could see his eyes looking at the gap and try to find where he's going to run instead of focusing on getting that football first. And fortunate to recover it, but... A big loss, maybe nine or so on the play. Fourth down and ten. It's still in Bad Axe territory. It looks like they're going to call a play to go for it here. And now they're going to call timeout instead with 8.22 remaining in the third quarter. A critical fourth and ten for the Bad Axe 39-yard line upcoming here in the third. It's 7-6. to six. Bad Axe still hanging on by one point over the Elkton Pitch and Bayport Lakers on the W. LW Sports Network. And meanwhile, back on the ranch, we apologize for our technical difficulties there. As Bannax goes down, or Lakers goes on fourth and ten, goes for it, throws it downfield. We have a flag deep down the field. An ineligible receiver against the Alton Pigeon Maypore Lakers. This one will be declined and will result in a turnover on downs in favor of the Bannax Hatches. So the Hatches come up with a big stop to start this third quarter with 8-16 remaining in the third. Yeah, I think Keaton Brown was in coverage there. Did an excellent job. It was one-on-one -on -one everywhere. Keaton Brown's at deep safety, and Wisner gets under a little pressure. Heaves it up down the sideline towards Michael Good. There were two receivers in the area, but it's Keaton Brown that slides over, reaches up, and he tries to intercept it. Uh, and uh, he's actually fortunate it fell to the ground because you get better field position where that ball was before. But the bad X defense stands tall, forces a turnover, and their offense gets their first chance here in the second half. So it's going to be a handoff to Griffin Meinholt. Ball's loose at the very end of that play. And they're going to say the ball was down before the fumble occurred. Tackle made by number 23 for the Lakers, Garrett Strahan, as Griffin Meinholt got out for six yards out to the 45-yard line. Second down, four to go for the Bad Ang Sanchez. Yeah, that's that pitch that they like, but a little more out of the eye formation, right, with, with – 
Meinhold in the backfield, fullback in front of him, Shank, and they, they sweep it out to the right. Shank Bound makes a big block, and Meinhold does the rest. He's able to slip through the linebackers and get a really big gain, six yards on first down. That's big for the Bad X offense. Lakers hands it off to number 12, Gavin Shank. He gets out for a hard punt, one yard. Actually, going to say carries. no gain of the plays. They're going to mark him down at the 45-yard line. So no gain, third down and four still for the Patchets. So they, they basically set up the same play. They keep Brown fakes the pitch out to the right, but then a subtle misdirection by the fullback back to the left. He's able to find a hole there, and he... His offensive tackle coming in to help was Drayton Romas filling the hole to block, and Evan Shank runs right to the back of him and knocks himself down at the line of scrimmage. There was some room to run, but he runs into his own blocker and goes down to the ground. It's an eye formation. It's a pitch to Griffin Meinhold. He's short of the first down line to gain by two whole yards as Bannon Lakers defense comes up to the test. And leading the way was number 12, Michael Goods, linebacker. Fourth down, two yards to go for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Still in their own territory, their own 48. So those just joining us, we had some technical difficulties. Lakers was facing a fourth down and 10 in Laker, in Bad Axe territory, the 40. They went through, through it downfield, fell incomplete. Turnover on downs. Bad Axe now trying to get a new set of downs here. They have a fourth down, a yard and a half to go in their own territory, the 48. Right to left across your radio. It's still 7-6, Bad Axe leading Lakers. 6-20 left in the third quarter. Yeah, very interesting situation in their own territory. They, Bad X looks like on fourth and two in the extended eye. They're going to go for it. A QB sneak right up the middle, and he's got it by a, a long shot as Keaton Brown was shot through a cannon there across midfield and into Laker territory. The 48, Jace Sears brings him down. After a four-yard gain, a heck of a push there from the backfield as well as that front line moves the chains. Fourth down conversion. And fourth down and two outside of Bill Brown. I don't know anybody else that calls the quarterback sneak. That's a gutsy call, but the but the two, yeah, the but the fullback the and the back, first way first in the back, go out to the, the right Lakers. like it's a sweep. And that draws the linebackers over just enough. And the second back, the back in the middle, just comes flying into the pile and pushes Keaton Brown forward. And they're able to get about three yards, and they needed two. And a much-needed first down for Bad Axe. Here comes the pressure. Keaton Brown gets out of the pocket, throws downfield. He is hit hard. And he brings it in. Drayden Romas brings it in at the 15-yard line. A heck of a catch from Romas. They say he brought it in at the 15 of Lakers. Keaton Brown was hammered as he let that ball fly. Clean head and throws it downfield. Drayton Romas leaves his feet, brings it in the 15. A huge completion. Now, you don't want your quarterback getting hit, but when he drops back, the defensive ends come flying around the edges. They beat Great both pressure. tackles. But Keaton Brown's able to backstep and go right around the, the defensive end and creates enough time. Now, running to his left as a right-handed quarterback, he's just got to turn that left shoulder a little bit and heaves it downfield and gets absolutely flattened, speared by the outside linebacker, and Drayden Romas is able to adjust and extend completely out and makes a diving catch over the top of his head. Great play by Keaton Brown to keep the play alive and an even better catch by Drayden Romas. It's a handoff to Griffin Meinhold. The Green Jersey swarmed him out to the 13-yard line. A gain of three on the play. Tackle made by Michael Good, outside linebacker for the Lakers. Gain of three, second down and seven from the Laker 13-yard line. Knocking on the door for the second time tonight. And for Bad X, uh, been very critical on him in the first half that on first down, they need positive yardage. And so far on this drive, we've, we've seen three, four-yard gains on first down. That doesn't sound like a lot. But in the first half, it was second down and 10, second down and 12 all night long. Now it's second down and seven. Anything's available here in the playbook. They can run it, throw it, do what they want. They are advantage on the chains right now. Keaton Brown staying in the pocket out of the shotgun, throwing downfield, has it into the end zone. Griffin Meinhold. 
Colton Tulaski got a hand on it inside the end zone to knock that one incomplete. And it could have been tipped at the line as well. Falls incomplete. Third down and seven for the Bad Axe Hatchets. Good coverage there from Colton Tulaski. I don't think so. He pump faked at the line of scrimmage, and when he got it there, I think he put it where he wanted. I just think it was an even better defensive play by Colton Tulaski, staying with uh, Meinhold on the play and reaching out and deflecting that ball because that's a tight slant that Griffin Meinhold wins quite often. So you need to be in position to cut off that slant. Otherwise, it's an easy throw and catch for the offense. Just Really, really good defense and understanding what Badax is trying to do. Colton Pulaski, an underclassman, stays in the right position there. Third and seven, throwing to the corner of the end zone. This one is brought in. No, he dropped it in the corner. Again, aimed for Griffin Meinhold. Falls incomplete. And Colton Tulaski in coverage again. Falls incomplete. Fourth and seven for the Bad Axe Hatchets at the 13-yard line. Do we, this would be a 30-yard field goal if Griffin Meinhold, who just who just threw, or just getting up gingerly on the sideline there. So they have their field goal kicker currently out of commission. Yeah, so that takes that right out of the option book here. So they're definitely going to go for it. But interesting enough, they target Griffin Meinhold twice. Not Jake McPhee. I understand Griffin Meinhold's a speedster, very athletic. He just flat out, just out of his reach there in the corner, drops that ball as he makes contact with the ground. The ball squirts loose. But very third down, you see Jake McPhee come to the ball like it's a screen, and then you see... From the slot, Griffin Meinhold go outside of him and then streak to the back corner. And that's where that play is designed to go. Throw it at that back pylon and let your receiver go get it. The ball was there, maybe a little overthrown. Griffin Meinhold has to dive for it. And I think he had it in his hands, but when he came to the ground, it bounced free. So good coverage by Lakers, just unable to make that catch by the offense. And now Griffin Meinhold again landed hard, which is why that ball fell loose. He may have fell on it. I'm not sure exactly how he fell, but he is still down by that back pylon. And so Cruz working on him over there. 419 left in the third, 7 to 6, working on that right leg of Griffin Meinhold. 7 to 6, Ben leading just by one point. We have not had a score since the second quarter, and that came with 811 left in the first half. It is 419 left in the third. Banax knocking on the door, but facing a fourth and seven from the Laker 13-yard line. Laker defense. Getting pressure into the backfield, Dave. You talked about that early in this game. You need to get pressure on Keaton Brown. Otherwise, he's going to start making those passes. I think it's good. Lakers, despite losing Connor McCain here, who's on the sideline now on crutches, but good coverage, good effort here from Lakers in the second half thus far. Yeah, good one-on-one -on -one coverage, but the way I see it, if you're my wide receivers one-on-one, they're technically open. So it, Lakers still living dangerously the way I see it with no deep safety, one-on-one -on -one coverage, which again, Griffin Meinhold creates an advantage because of his speed. Jake McPhee in the red zone to me has that Gronk-like look where he is so big that you just gotta throw up, throw it up in the air and let him box out his defender and go up and get it. So I gotta believe, yes, Griffin Meinhold's out. That should make it easier to call, but I gotta think if you're Lakers, a double team on McPhee is absolutely necessary here and make someone else beat you. But if I'm bad X, if it's one on if it's one on one. That's where I'm lobbing it up to and asking my best, biggest physical receiver to go get it. And right now, as they come out of the huddle, it's one-on-one -on -one with Jake McPhee. And if that stays that way, no deep safety, that's exactly where I'm lobbing the ball if it's me. Evan Shank and Griffin, and excuse me, Jake McPhee wide right in single coverage. Rolling to his right, throwing downfield to Jake McPhee, opening the end zone, touchdown, bad axe. Jake McPhee from 13 yards out, brings in the catch on fourth and seven. 
And the Bad Axe Hatches strike for the second time tonight with 4.13 remaining in the third quarter. Bad Axe 13, Lakers 6. Now the question is, do they go for two? And with their kicker, Griffin Meinhold, still on the sidelines. And like I said, just we were talking there, if Lakers doesn't double-team Jake McPhee, this is easy. That's exactly where they're going. Now, if they double-team him, though, now you're going to ask somebody that doesn't get a lot of reps, maybe it's a McPhee, maybe it's an Andrew, something like that, to, to get open. But when it's one-on-one, -on -one, you just let McPhee do his thing. They, they allow the pocket to roll to the right, design rollout. They allow McPhee to go inside like it's a slant and then bust to the outside in a perfect throw by Keaton Brown and a great route by McPhee to create such room. Backup kicker Drayden Romas gets the kick up after a little bit of a low snap, and the PAT is good. So it's now an eight-point lead for the Bad Axe Hatchets, 14-6 with 4.13 remaining in the third quarter here. Bad Axe leading by eight points. Four thirteen remains in the third quarter, and Bad Axe finds the end zone for the second time tonight. Both 13-yard catches by Jake McPhee for scores. Drayden Hermas puts it through the uprights for the extra point. And we've been talking about that off-air, especially with uh, with Dan here, that we, we keep reiterating there, there's no deep safety. It's one-on-one -on -one everywhere, and for Bad Axe, I think... The running game isn't there because Lakers is simply adding bodies. There's not enough blockers to create, to make those mismatches. The mismatches in the passing game. And uh, if you can give Keaton Brown just enough time rolling out the pocket like they did last time, you can allow guys like McPhee to make big plays. The Romas kick comes into the 15, and it is hit at a knee and bounced about 15 yards forward all the way out to the 29-yard line. Bad Axe is singling they have it. Lakers singling they have it. And the officials trying to sort this pile out. Bad Axe ball. Wow. Brought in by Nathan Pulaski. Went off the knee of Caleb Meaton. As that ball was end over end. Rocking down the field. Hit the knee immediately. And bounced. I've never seen a ball bounce that far through the air off of a kickoff. Yeah, and it was it was a little lower ball flight, a little more of a line drive, right? So that thing's coming at him end over end. And as he runs up to it, he catches it with the ball below his waist. He reaches down, and when he reaches down, he bends down with that knee. And that end over end ball knuckles right off his kneecap and flies forward about 20 yards, which is where Bad X is attacking. Lakers has to turn around and find the ball, and a Bad X... Uh, Defender in this case, Pulaski is able to dive on it, and here comes Keaton Brown and company. Empty set downfield, trying to aim for Drayden Romas on the deep shot downfield as an empty set there, and a little overthrowing. Good coverage there from the Lakers as well, and falls incomplete. Second down and ten from the from the Laker 29-yard line. Absolutely love the play call. You just got a passing touchdown, took the lead. You just got a break. You got a huge turnover late in this game. 
why not try to take advantage right away? And that ball is just a little overthrown, but I still think there was some missed communication on the offense because Nathan Pulaski and Drayden Romas were about five yards apart running the exact same route. And I think they were confused on who the ball was going to. They both let up and the ball goes over their head. So it falls harmlessly incomplete for the Laker defense. Logan Miles gets the pitch to the right side and bat at Lakers. Tyson Simon sneaks into the backfield and brings him down for a loss all the way back to the 32-yard line, a gain of, or loss of three on the play. Third down and 13 now for the Hatchets. And it's four-down territory for Bad X. I, let's just assume that there's no mind hold for this series yet. Um, I, what I would say is it's still four-down territory. you got to break. The ball's at the 32. Yes, third down and 13 is kind of back to what we talked about in the first half. You have to make things happen on first down. Yes, they took a shot down the field. They ran the ball on second down, run right into the teeth of what Lakers wants you to do, and they tackle you in the backfield. So, again, looking at the defense, there isn't a defender more than five yards back. It's one-on-one -on -one coverage, no deep safety. Look for Keaton Brown to attack downfield. He's in trouble now as a spin-out, and he's going to be brought down for a sack way back at the 46-yard line. As Lakers 56, Blaine Wren, defensive end, was able to grab him by the jersey, spin him around, and knock him down, and laugh while he's conquered at one, to quote the old NFL films, John Pachetta. And it's a huge loss, a fourth in a country mile here now for the Bad Axe Hatchets, and very well have to punt this one away. Yeah, Meinhold is going to come back in the game, but and that's good for them because he is a good punter. So if he's anywhere close to even 85, 90%, he's the guy you want in to punt this ball away. So now a fourth and 27 as the energy gets back infused into the Lakers sideline and Griffin Meinhold's punt, booming punt brought in by Jay Sears at the 16-yard line. Cuts to the near sideline, out to the 30. Cuts inside and he's brought and wrapped up by Jake McPhee at the 36-yard line for a nice return there of 24 yards. And looks like we have a cramp for Jay Sears as he's stretching out that left leg on the ground. 2.26 left in the third. Big stop there for the Lakers after a muff kick punt or muff kickoff goes back into the hands of Badax. Badax can't contain them, contain, get into the end zone. Lakers contains them on defense and now a little momentum on their side. Yeah, and for Badax, I know you want to attack downfield, but the running back, you have to keep a running back in the backfield to help pick up all the pressure that's coming by Lakers. Lakers is simply daring them to throw the football if they have enough time. Lakers wants to make sure that Keaton Brown cannot evaluate the field and can't escape the pocket and make plays with his legs. If they keep him in the pocket, they think they can sack him in a matter of three to five seconds. That time it worked. Wren's in the backfield quickly untouched and forces a bad X punt. Ethan Wisner bounces it outside, lowers the shoulder and rolls his way all the way out to the 42, maybe even the 43 yard line before he's stopped by Nathan Pulaski. That is gonna be a gain of six on the play. May actually actually seven on the play. Second down, three to go for the green and whites. Good run there by Wisner. He goes right up the middle, doesn't like what he sees, and fouls his lineman around the right side and gets into some space there. Good run on first down. There's the snap. Jay Sears rolling to his left on the direct snap, kind of trying to cut up field, and Jake McPhee brings him down for a tackle for a loss of a yard, maybe even two. Back at the 42-yard line. A two-yard loss now sets up third down. Four to go, maybe a, a long four, short five to go. That's just a great job by Jake McPhee. I know the pink socks help him stand out, but uh, when he gets taken off, he reads that play. He is 
straight to the sideline. He doesn't look at anything else. And when Sears decides to cut it up the field, he runs right into the arms of McPhee, who tackles him right there for very little gain on the play. Ethan Wisner on a third and five, cuts up field, dragging defenders with him. He's going to be short of the first down by about a half a yard. They're going to mark him down at the 45-yard line. Tackle made by Badax's Jack Hollingsworth, outside linebacker, also defensive end, also defensive tackle. And fourth down, one yard to go. They mark the ball right at the 45-yard line. A full yard to go inside their own territory, trailing by eight points with 53 seconds left in the third quarter. 14-6 to Badax. Lots of Badax defenders in the area. Just straight power by Wisner to get there. McPhee could only get one hand on him. That allowed Wisner to get a couple three yards, and now fourth down and one. It's Wisner time. Wisner has the first down. He's rumbling down the field at the 40. Ace has it finally down at the 34-yard line, brought down by Nathan Pulaski as he was driving through a wide open lane there converts on fourth down and deep into Badax territory. That's the first time that Badax front has not held its ground, right? So you see, when when Wisner gets the ball, he jump steps to his right and then goes right back to where he left with that jump step and McPhee slides over thinking he was going to take it outside allows a huge hole up the middle of the field and a big game for the Laker offense another direct snap to Ethan Wisner lowers the shoulder goes into the trench and it's a scrub forward out for five maybe even six yards in a cloud of dust all the way down to the 28 yard line finally stopped by Jordan Booms nose guard for the Bad Axe Hatchets and we've reached the end of the third quarter with an eight point lead for the Bad Axe Hatchets leading 14 to 6 as they play clock and game clock comes down to zeros to end the third quarter. After 36 minutes of play, it's still a one-possession ball game. Badax 14, Lakers 6 on the WLW Sports Network. And on to the final quarter. 12 minutes remain in regulation, and we have an eight-point ball game. Bad X 14, Lakers 6. As Lakers marching down the field at the Bad X 28-yard line, facing a second down, four to go. They send two wide each way. Now it's an empty set for Ethan Wisner, sending Jay Sears wide to the right, triples, trips to the right as well. Now to the sideline, looking to the play clock, or to the for the play from Dave Lavasser. Play clock at 10 seconds. Three receivers to the right, two to the left. Wisner in the shotgun by himself on second down and four. 14 to six, Badax leading the Lakers. Handoff, or excuse me, direct snap to Ethan Wisner, rumbling down inside the 20 and finally brought down at the 15 yard line. Brought down by number 24, Drayden Romas for the Badax Hatchets. Move the chains down to the 15 yard line. Another first down for Ethan Wisner. Yeah, so when Lakers defense is on the field, they're allowing the deep pass if Brown has enough time. In this situation, if Lakers wants to spread out these people, spread out the defense every time, there's going to be a lot more space for Wisner spreading out this defense. They have to respect his passing ability, and you saw there just nobody in the middle of the field. Wisner's able to run wherever he wants to. Ethan Wisner gets a direct snap, rolling down the field, drags his defenders with him all the way inside the five, and finally brought down to the three. Another first down effort there, finally brought down by Drayton Romas for the Bad Axe Hatchets. First and goal to go for the Green and White, rumbling down the field on the hands of Ethan Wisner. So you see the opposite scenario. Bad Axe is not willing to give up their deep safety, so it's one-on-one -on -one up front, and the extra tackle is going to find Jake McPhee and pick him up. And no wasting no time here, Ethan Wisner into the end zone. Touchdown, Lakers. Ethan Wisner brings back the Lakers for the second score of their night with 11-22 remaining in the fourth quarter. Ethan Wisner 
from four yard, three yards out in for the score, and now it's a two-point game. Lakers more than likely going for two here to try to tie this one up at 14 apiece. Well, we've we've been we've been after Bad Axe all year to get their playmakers in space, but look at the Lakers. They spread out this Bad Axe defense and just direct snaps to Wisner and allow him to run where he pleases. And when there's only one linebacker, if he gets picked up at all, Wisner found a ton of running room late in this series. Big five, eight, nine-yard runs turns into a three-yard touchdown run. And now Lakers with 11.20 to go. A chance here to convert a two-point conversion to get this game back to all square. Wisner on the direct snap. He's going to be in. Two-point conversion is good. We are tied at 14. 11.22 left in the fourth quarter. 14-14. to 14. Bad Axe and Lakers all tied up in the fourth quarter right here on the WLW Sports Network. Eleven twenty-two left in the fourth quarter. Lakers on a three-minute, four-second drive. Three first downs, 64 yards. Over one on third down, but one for one on fourth downs. Camped off with an Ethan Wisner three-yard run into the end zone. Ethan Wisner also on the two-point conversion run. Ties this ball game up at 14-14 to in the energy back on the Lakers sideline. And it was it was all Ethan Wisner, but you gotta love what the offensive coordinating crew did for the Lakers. They they went four wide on every single play, and then most of the time they took the running back, put him in motion, made it five wide. And you just see Bad Axe just split out, making you know trying to make sure that these receivers don't beat him. And it's direct snaps to Wisner, and he's just running whatever hole he wants to run through, allowing that decision, and he he made him pay. It's a direct line drive and brought in by number 18, AJ Fritz. And he's loses footing at the 18-yard line, and now all energy and momentum on the Lakers sideline. And Badex will start out at their own 18-yard line, a 72-yard field in front of them, tied 14 to 14 with 11 minutes and 18 seconds left in regulation. Yeah, not the freshman's finest moment there. Is he, he knocks that down, which I don't mind. But when he finally corrals it and picks it up, which by that time you you got to let your your special teamers pick that up. He picks it up and then runs the wrong direction, trying to change directions. And, and once he saw the first Laker defender, he pivoted and slid right to the ground. It just went backwards on the play. And now a long field ahead of the hatchets here as this game's back to all square. In the I formation, it's a pitch to Logan Miles. Gets out for some positive yards. Not much, though. Out to about the 20-yard line tackle made by Caleb Neaton, cornerback for the Lakers. Gain of two in the play out to the 20, second down and eight. 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter, tied at 14 apiece. Yes, we saw a, a, a very important injury to the Lakers and watched them change their game plan where they completely changed the script. It's all run heavy with Sears and then Wisner, but they spread out Badax and was able to run successfully. Now Badax hasn't really changed their running scheme. They insert Miles in the Griffin Meinhold spot, and you can just see that that burst and that vision change of direction just isn't there. A very short game for Badax enforcing a second and long situation. Screen pass to Jake McPhee on the flats, and he's going to be brought down out of the backfield as there's Owen Eichler to bring him down in the backfield way back at the 15-yard line. A five-yard tackle for a loss in the hands of junior Owen Eichler, the six-foot, 180-pound defensive end. Third down, 13 to go for the Hatchets. I, I don't, I don't mind the play call. Get the ball out quick and try to take advantage of this one-on-one -on -one mismatch. But Owen Eichler reads it, and the best way to tackle. A guy like Jake McPhee in his size is trying to tackle him flat-footed. And as soon as Jake McPhee catches the ball, 
Eichler's able to make sure he does gets no no running room there, and he just goes down where he caught the ball. A loss of four on the play. Stayed in the pocket, throwing downfield. There's coverage here, and this one's nearly intercepted as as the they went for the safety valve underneath the line for Evan Shank. Evan Shank was tackled before the the ball was there by two green jerseys. Falls incomplete, fourth and thirteen. And Maddox is going to have to punt this one away. Considering there was no penalty thrown, I'm going to say that was great defense by the Lakers. But it's pretty easy to play defense if you can tackle the receiver before the ball gets there. Uh, a very creatively designed play by Maddox that delayed screen pass to Shank, but he gets completely tackled before the ball gets there. And Lakers very fortunate that a timeout or that a penalty was not called. Knuckleball from. The punt from Griffin Meinhold comes to rest at the Badax 49-yard line. So Lakers will start out with extremely favorable field position left here in 9.33 left in the fourth quarter. Tied 14-14, to and you can feel the wave of emotion on the Lakers sideline and on the Lakers side of the ball as they are trying to take this lead for the first time tonight. Yeah, and things are going their way. They, they don't care if they win by 40 or if they win by one, but the game plan is, is to physically wear you down and now come fourth quarter time look what's going on they have the first down on the plus side of the field they are tied 14 to 14 nine and a half minutes to go and they have the ball and ethan wisner is doing his best running here in the fourth quarter 73 wide to the right two to the left working just inside the right hash right to left across your radio in their home green uniforms ethan wisner all his lonesome in the backfield the direct snap to him and he's getting upended after just two yards out to the 47-yard line. Tackle made by Baddox's Noah Brown, outside linebacker. Second down, eight to go for the green and white. That's a must have been an adjustment there on the sideline for the defense because that time Wisner attacked where he has been from that spread offense, running right in the teeth of the defense. Noah Brown does a good job of tripping him up, and a two-yard gain is all Wisner's able to get. Second down, eight to go. Looking to the sideline to Dave LeVancer for the play call. Second out and eight from the Bad X, 47. Two wide to the left, three to the right. Now man in motion. It's going to be a jet sweep to number two, Jay Sears. Coming to the near sideline. It's going to be ripped down in the backfield. Brought down by Jack Hollingsworth, six foot, 180 pounds senior. And for a loss of four on the play. A loss of three on the play. Again, mark him down right at midfield. No, they're now marking down to the Laker 49-yard line. Third down, 13 to go. I think they got it right there, but uh, again, a play call that really should have worked. The amount of times Wisner has attacked them up the middle uh, the last five, six straight plays, they bring Sears in motion, and they snap to Wisner, and he pitches it right forward to him, and it's just great contain on the end. Hollinsworth doesn't get fooled. He takes away the edge. It's a sprint to the sideline, and he just wins for a big loss on the play. Staying in the pocket, throwing downfield. Now he scrambles to his left, has to throw this one away, and brought in by Jay Sears, still on his feet, and is tackled forward out to the 45 on a second effort. Ethan Wisner made anything happen there. Jay Sears did the rest for a six-yard pickup. And stop made by Cal Isinger, defensive lineman junior for this Badax defense. Fourth down, six to go. That was a big play because uh, Badax did an excellent job with the pass rush. The secondary covered for a very long time. This is just Ethan Wisner pump faking, buying time to the last possible second. And as he gets hit, he throws it into a tight window. And because that six-yard gain happens, now it's fourth down and five, maybe six. Lakers certainly now in plus territory could easily go for it. On 4th and 13, you're punting it away. But now on 4th down and a long 5, the offense can run their game, do whatever they want if they want to go for it. Tied 14-14. to 
14. Man in motion, Jay Sears to the near sideline. Ethan Wisner, play clock under 10 now as they're going to have to get things going here. Now they're going to have to back their things away. Ethan Wisner with a high snap, going to have punt this one, and this just miraculously gets head away, bounces to the 15, rolls down inside the 10, and Lakers downs it at the 9. So Lakers punts it away with about just a few seconds left in the play clock, and Badax back on offense as that momentum is now a little bit stabilized between the two sidelines. 7.03 left in the fourth quarter. Lakers 14, Badax 14, seven minutes left in regulation. You're absolutely right. Stabilized, but it's it's dead flat, dead even, just like this game is. 14 apiece. Every every fan here is on the edge of their seat because it's it's a tennis match. It's back and forth right now, and who's going to break free here? And I got to tell you, on that punt, Wisner did a heck of a job because that snap was high and away, and he was able to jump and tip it back to himself get it down and kind of kick it off the side of his foot and angles it out there, gets it inside the 10 where it's down. A really good individual play by him on a punt. And again, with the score being 14-14, field position is everything. Badax on the field, the shotgun formation, five receivers. Rolling to his right, throwing downfield to Jake McPhee in one-on-one coverage at the 40. And this one is nearly intercepted. Jay Sears had a better chance of that one than Jake McPhee at the 45. Falls incomplete instead. And now second down and 10 from the nine-yard line. Exactly what I was going to say is when you get one-on-one coverage, five receivers on the field, Keaton Brown rolls to his right intentionally. He had a dump-off guy he could have gone to. The the five-yard hook route was taken, but Jake McPhee is streaking down the field one-on-one. I, you got to throw that ball, and he does, and he gets it up in the air, and Jake McPhee just outruns it. you gotta, you got to recognize where that ball is going to land. Keaton Brown is throwing it up in the air on purpose for you to stop, plant, go up, and get it. He makes no play on the ball. Matter of fact, Sears, Sears in coverage makes the play on the ball, goes up and get it, and, and Badax, very fortunate that Sears going up for the ball didn't come up with a turnover. Great defense by Sears, but if you're McPhee, you have to be aggressive and go get that football. 6.56 left in the fourth quarter, and Badax calls their second timeout, facing a second down and 10 halfway through this fourth quarter. Dave Hansen, what are we expecting here from the Badax coaching staff setting things up? They, they see the shots downfield. They're not connecting on them with Jake McPhee. Lakers alternating between double coverage on McPhee and single coverage. What, what's going to work here? You can see they miss Griffin Meinhold, right? Because yes. they, they, when Griffin's on the field, whether they're going after him or not, that allows Lakers to then split up their defense. But now they can overload on one side. But we've seen uh, we've seen guys make some big plays. We've seen Gr- Drayden Romas make some big plays. Uh, we've seen Logan Miles make some big plays in the past. So they, they, they have weapons on the field. But for bad acts here, finding a way to get a first down is so crucial. You do not want to bring the punting unit on especially if Griffin Meinhold can't do it and punt out of your own end zone. But I think if what I'm seeing from Bad X, you might see a very similar formation. Five, four to five wide receivers and allow Keaton Brown to read the field and make a throw. I think it's your best chance to get a first down. The running game has been non-existent. Griffin Meinhold, seven carries, 11 yards, is their only running back with positive yards rushing on the night. Everybody else has zero or negative yards. In the eye formation, Keaton Brown under center, turns, rolls to his right, looking to pass downfield. That's his fly. He's hit as it goes and is brought in and is intercepted at the 13-yard line. Michael Good brings it in. 
And now it's a turnover in favor of the Lakers with 6.50 left in the fourth quarter. 14 to 14, Lakers back on with the ball in the red zone. Good physical coverage there. A little bit of grabby and handsy there, slowing the momentum of McPhee. And because Michael Good's able to stay with him at the breaking point of the route, Keaton Brown has to get rid of it, otherwise it's a safety. But it's a, it's a one route play and Lakers has it taken away and Keaton Brown gets rid of it under under duress but Michael Good cuts in front of it because it just didn't have enough power on it and he takes it away all of a sudden we get that big play that breaking point in this match Lakers takes over deep into Bad Axe territory and a chance to take the lead for the first time tonight. Ethan Wisner gets the direct snap, rumbles forward, and he has a lead blocker. He's all the way inside the five and loses his footing at the five. He's angry at himself. Tackle made by Drayden Romas after a seven-yard gain. And now second down, very manageable. They're going to say actually yeah, at the five. So second down, three to go for the green and white at the Banax five-yard line, trying to take the lead, six and a half left in the fourth. And you see the run play there, following Sears through the hole, using him as a lead blocker. Nice patience by Wisner. Ethan Wisner pushing the pile forward inside the five, down to the three, and we have a flag on the far side judge there, and this is going to be against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Number 78 on the tackle for the Bad Axe Hatchets, Matt Kibaki. And it's uh, actually penalty on, on the Hatchets. So the initial call on the far judge was against Lakers. And then this call here was against the Hatchets, so they marked off half the distance to the goal line, which is about, about 30 inches. Second down, yard and a half to go for... The Green-White Lakers, 6.09 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Bad X 14, Lakers 14. The ha Lakers tried to take the lead for the first time tonight. Two wide each way. Ethan Wisner in the shotgun, keeps it for himself. He's in touch. Oh, on a second effort. Now he gets in. He was uprooted at the first at the one-yard line. Second effort gets him in, and the Lakers have taken the lead with 5.54 left in regulation. Their first lead of the night comes at a critical time, and now they lead 20-14, 5.54 left in the fourth quarter. Just a powerful run. Just snap it to your best player and let him do some work. He took a big hit at the goal line, but he's able to bounce off of it, keep his containment, and roll into the end zone on the, by the front pylon and take that first lead of the night up six as Sears is on the field to attempt the PAT. So 5.54 left in the fourth quarter. Jay Sears... Away in the PAT, holder number 13, Caleb Neaton. There's the snap, good snap, kick is up, and it is, it is good. It is a seven-point lead, 21-14, to 14, Lakers over Badax, with 5.54 left in the fourth quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Lakers kick comes all the way down to the five-yard line, brought in by Alex Andrich. And he's brought down by Owen Eichler as well as Michael Good. Gets out to the 15-16-yard line. And it's going to be first and ten for the Bad Axe Hatchets as the Lakers lead by seven points. After just a two-play 
12-yard drive, took 56 seconds off the clock, capped off with Ethan Wisner's three-yard run, and gave the Lakers their first lead of the night, 21-14. Yeah, tough pick there, but again, the, the quarterback was under pressure. He had to get rid of it in his own end zone. Battle of field position, won by Lakers, allows them to take the lead. And now Badax here on the off-field, down seven, down for the first time tonight. Out of the eye, they hand it off to Evan Schenk, and he's brought down by Owen Eichler after a four-yard gain out to the 20-yard line. Clock continues to roll, five and a half minutes left in the fourth. Lakers 21, Badax 14. Griffin Meinhold back in the ballgame for the Hatchets. That is helpful. I'm not sure how healthy he is, but as a senior, if he's able to go, it's good for Badax. Still f over five minutes to go in this game. A lot can happen yet. This is no need to, to just completely scrap the playbook and, and just go crazy. Run your offense. Find a way to get some momentum on your side. Get a first down or two and make something happen. Out of the double wing, throwing downfield, and this is intended for Evan Shank on a basically a hot right hot route right down the middle of the field. Falls incomplete. An outreached hand from Evan Shank falls incomplete. Now a third down, six to go. For the Bad Axe Hatches as they stop the clock with 5.04 remaining in the fourth. Lakers 21, Bad Axe 14. And when you've been under pressure all night, you finally get a clean pocket to throw in and you just step into it and just overthrow it. Evan Shank was the delayed slant there across the middle, the hot route as you mentioned. And when Keaton Brown steps into it, he just overshoots him. Fortunate down the middle of the field that there wasn't a safety there to pick that off. But an opportunity missed, a chance for probably a 10 to 15-yard gain if that's completed, but it falls to the ground harmlessly. Third down, six, with 5.04 to go in the game. Three right, two left. Empty set for Keaton Brown in the shotgun, throwing downfield. Now he has to pump fake, and he's going to keep it for himself. He has room to run. He has the first down, and he's across the 30, cutting to the out in near sideline, and he is runs out of bounds of the 41, and there's a late flag, as this could be a blind side block against Jake McPhee as Keaton Brown was running out of bounds. McPhee absolutely plowed the side of his defender, and that's going to be not so much a blind side, but... Uh, I can't remember exactly. I, it, the, it, it, I, I can't, it wasn't truly blind because you could see the front of his jersey when he hit him because he fell on his back. Uh, it's a very questionable call, but it was unnecessary. Right? Yes, that, that's completely the, agree. There. That's the reason why you're getting it because you can see the play was coming to an end. Keaton Brown was was giving himself up, coming out of bounds, and whether it's clean or not, it was completely unnecessary. The play was almost over, and, and just just trying to make an impact on the game. Got to control that emotion. It's going to cost Bad X 15 yards. And so the ball is set down to the 24-yard line. First down markers at the 26. So that negates the first down as well. Third down, two yards to go. They need to get up to the 26-yard line. 4.54 left in the fourth quarter. Third down and two as Maddox looking to the sideline for their play call. Right, again, it, was, it was, was, was a really good read by Keaton Brown. He didn't force it down the field. He pump faked twice. He just wanted to let it rip, but he stepped up in the pocket and saw an opening, and he took it, and he made a guy miss. It was a good play by him. Said, you just you got to control your emotions. We talked about a big penalty or a big break in the game coming up, that could really hurt Bad X. Keaton Brown in the pocket, throwing downfield. He is hit as he throws this one, brought in or attempted uh, by Griffin Meinhold through the hands of the 45 of Lakers. And Keaton Brown slow to get up as well as he took an absolute hit right in the chest. In the ribcage, he now goes down. I said he's vul he's vulnerable there, right? Because he's stepping into that pass and he gets shot as he's trying to step forward. That's that's just a vulnerable position to get hit. And 
Griffin Meinhold already banged up, extends completely to try and catch that ball, just unable to haul it in. Fourth down and two yards to go for the Bad Axe Hatchets at their own 24-yard line, 437 left in the fourth quarter. Lakers 21, Bad Axe 14. Important to note that Keaton Brown has been checked out of this game on fourth down and two, and uh, Bad Axe looks like they're going to call a timeout here, maybe to buy him a little time. And we will take a timeout as well right here on the W LW Sports Network. 437 left in the fourth quarter, Lakers by seven. Meanwhile, back in the ranch, Bannix goes for it on a fourth down, about two and a half, and they go on the QB sneak, and as a scrum forward, they get much more than that, about five yards almost, all the way out to the 30, or excuse me, the 27-yard line. New set of downs for the Hatchets. 4.25 left in the fourth quarter. Lakers leading by seven points, 21-14. Yeah, I think Keaton Brown had the wind knocked out of him because he was folded right over trying to catch his breath. So they on fourth down and three, Meinhold's got to run the offense. And again, they call quarterback sneak on fourth down and three. And just the whole, the whole eye formation pushes him forward. They get three and a half and a huge first down to stay alive in this game. Four minutes to go, down seven. From the 28, looking downfield, Keaton Brown hits the hands of Evan Shank, but good coverage there as well by number 13, Caleb Neal who had his arms wrapped around him, falls in complete second down and 10. Oof, man. I mean, they are allowing some physical play tonight because, again, that's the, that's the second time in just a few pass plays that that receiver is hit before the ball gets there. And, uh, again, allowing these plays to happen, it's a good physical defense by Lakers. Even if it was a little early, doesn't matter. Ball falls incomplete, good coverage. Shank unable to haul it in. 3.58 left in the fourth quarter. Lakers by seven points, 21-14. Maddox trying to get something going here, but all momentum shifted to the Lakers sideline. Second down and 10 from the 28. Rolling to his right option to the right side. It's pitched out to Logan Miles, and Lakers there to slow that one up as well after just about a two-yard gain out to the 30. Stops the clock, though, with 3.52 left in the fourth quarter. And just, just nowhere to go as uh, they run read option to the short side of the field. Keaton Brown with number seven, actually. There's Griffin Meinhold, and they get to the sideline. Lakers just keeps pushing him towards the sideline, and when he pitches it out to Meinhold, he gets the ball. He's basically out of bounds. It's just nowhere to go, and here we are again with 3.52 on the clock, third down and long for Badax, third down and eight. Lakers defense forcing some tough situations for Badax. Third and eight, big keys play here for both sides of the ball. If Lakers can come up with a stop, almost secures the victory. Keaton Brown, he's in trouble. Ethan Wizards in the backfield. He brings him down way back at the 15-yard line. And that's got a huge sack for Ethan Wisner and the Laker defense. And Badax is going to be have their backs against the wall here with 339 in counting. All-out blitz and, and just... Ethan Wisner from the middle linebacker position creeps up to the line of scrimmage, and when the ball snapped, he takes off, and nobody blocks him. He goes unblocked right up the middle, and Keaton Brown, as soon as he backtracks two steps, he, he sees him coming, and he spins around to try to get away, but too much momentum, and Ethan Wisner, when he gets his hands on you, you're not going very far, and it's a big sack and a loss of a lot, and Bad Axe now with 3.10 to go. Almost don't have a choice. you got to punt it away and hope your defense and timeouts can come up with a stop. Griffin Meinholz's punt is blocked. It is hit 
and brought in by oh, Badax actually jumped on it and still pushing forward and is going to be short of the first down but hit a Laker player looks like Owen Eichler was in there close and then a Badax player number 15 Alex Andrich was able to scoop it up out to the 26 yard line now that is a tip was there a change of possession that is the question and that's what they're trying to sort out right now, but I, they're nope. signaling Lager ball. I don't, think it's I, don't, I don't think there was a change of possession enough, and that, that there was no complete possession made by the Lakers. There was a, a touched a def so that's, that's, a deflection, a almost deflection. off the side of a helmet or a shoulder pad. So I don't know how you can how you could say that that's change of possession. I think that's the right call. I and do too. For Badax, they were fortunate they were able to cover it up and, and just move the ball down the field and just get away. But three minutes to go, down seven. Badax is going to need. A three and out here to just have a chance. One first down should secure this for the Lakers. First and ten from the plus side of the field at the 26-yard line. Very low punt there regardless. 21-14, Lakers by seven points. Looking at the sideline, we have a timeout called by Dave Lavasser with 2.57 left in the fourth quarter on the LW Sports Network. Lakers back on offense with a seven-point lead, 2.57 left in the fourth quarter. All momentum on their side and on the plus side of the field from the Badax 26-yard line. Two wide each way. Ethan Wisner in the shotgun looking to the sideline now has Jay Sears to his right looking to Dave Lavaster for the play call. Less than three minutes to play here. Badax has just one timeout remaining. As there's a direct snap to Ethan Wisner and we have whistles and this could be a delay of game against the, against the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. Actually counting the number of defenders on the Badax Hatchets at the same time. It looks like 12 men on the field for the Badax Hatchets. So what a rain support is here for the Badax Hatchets. And the wheels are starting to fall off of the Hatchet Wicked. Yeah, there was definitely 12 on the field. It's an excellent try. Yes. It's just after running game because they got away with it for quite a while. Uh, but right before the snap, before they realized there was 12. But that, that just makes this impossible task even more impossible because now lakers can run three to four plays and all they need is five yards for that very important first down first and five from the 21 yard line 256 left in the fourth quarter either wisner jay sears in the shotgun two receivers wide each way direct snap to wisner lowers the shoulder and still on his feet on a second effort to get pile gets pushed forward out to about the 20 yard line before he's stopped by noah brown for a gain of a one Third down, four to go from the 20-yard line, 240 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Yeah, second down and four, good shot by Badax. They still have a chance. You have to force a three and out. You don't want to give them five, obviously, free five yards, but they stand their ground, only allow one. Second down and four. Looking at the sideline. Twenty-one fourteen. Lakers by seven points. 2.15 left in regulation. Waiting for the play clock to get under 10, even under 5 before even thinking about snapping it. 3-2, and there's the snap. Ethan Wisner on lowers the shoulder, pushes forward. Can be short of the first down marker down to about the 18-yard line. Tackle made by Noah Brown once again. 
Tackle by Geiger and Braun. And so now it's going to be third down to three yards to go for the Lakers. Yeah, just nowhere to go. You see Badex just kind of gambling that it's going to be a run up the middle. They send every defender, and they fill the hole. Wisner's powerful enough to get one or two, but third down and three as we get to a minute and a half to go in this game. 90 seconds remain. Play clock under 10 seconds. Play will take place about a minute 18 remaining. Jay Sears away in the snap. Ethan Wisner to his left. Wisner as the lead blocker. Jay Sears trying to find the edge down inside the 20. Lowers the shoulder, pushes the ball forward out to about the 19-yard line. No gain on the play as Drayden Romas brings him down for no gain on the near side. They ran about 30 yards laterally. No forward gain. Play clock, or game clock under one minute here. But it takes a little longer, though, to make that tackle. They get and It takes just a while to get to the sideline before they make the tackle. So uh, they make the stop for no gain. It's fourth down and three, and clock is running. Um, I, I, thought, I think if Badax has a timeout, they probably should have saved some time here. But fourth down and three, though, if they can make a stop, they can have a couple heave Hail Marys as a chance to get back and try and tie this game. So Dave Lavasser lets the play clock come all the way down to the game clock down to 34 seconds before calling their third and final timeout with 34 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Fourth down and three for the green and white. And very interesting there. I have to double check how many timeouts Badex has left, but uh, I, I would I would think that you would have wanted to save those last 40 seconds with a chance to stay uh, in this game a little longer. But I guess I guess the strategy is they want to save that timeout for a chance on offense, so they can throw one at least one down the field inbounds. But um, game's on the line. Fourth down and three. The defense has to make a stop. Lakers gets a first down. They will advance to the next round. Awaiting the winner of the Montrose Cass City game. And last we heard. I believe that game's a final. Montrose doubles up Cass City 28 to 14. So the winner, Lakers, more likely going to be, uh, obviously, going to be the winner here, taking on Montrose here in Lakers next week. Yeah, they, it certainly looks that way. Bad X has an outside chance here. They have to make a stop here on fourth down and three to have it one more chance on offense. Wisner carries the ball. He has the first down, and he comes down. With the 12-yard line, and that is going to be your ball game. They stop the clock momentarily to move the chains. And as soon as the chains are set, the clock will roll under. And they're not even going to say, and they, this game is over. The Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers survive in advance, and they take out the Bad X Hatchets by 7 points. 28, or excuse me, 21 to 14 over the Bad X Hatchets. 21-14 is your final score. The Lakers defeat the Bad Axe Hatchets in the first round of the postseason. And now the Lakers will host the district championship against the Montrose Rams a week from tonight here in Laker country. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We'll return in just a few moments to wrap this whole thing up from Laker country. Lakers 21, Bad Axe 14 in a hard-fought battle start to finish. Final score, Lakers defeat the Bad Axe Hatches 21-14, come from behind to take the victory 
and win by seven points to advance to the district championship to take on the Montrose Rams a week from tonight. We'll return in two and a half minutes to wrap this whole thing up from Laker country as the district championship is now on the sites for the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers. 21 to 14 over the Badacks. Start to finish, and it goes in favor of the Elton Pigeon Bayport Lakers who come from behind to win 21 to 14. They score 15 unanswered points in the second half to take the victory 21 to 14. And Dave Hanson, how would you tell us how we got this final score? Well, it started with an early bad axe lead, one score in the first quarter. It was a Keaton Brown to Jake McPhee, 13 yard touchdown pass, mine hold attack on the extra point at the end of the first quarter. Bad X would lead Lakers 7-0. In the second quarter, Ethan Wisner, one-yard touchdown run. The PAT had a bad snap, fails, and at the half, Bad X would lead Lakers 7-6. In the third quarter, Bad X would score first on fourth down and seven. Keaton Brown would hit Jake McPhee on a seven-yard TD pass. Drayden Romas, the backup kicker, tacks on the extra point, and at the end of the third quarter, Bad Axe would lead by eight, 14 to six. But in the fourth quarter, two very important Ethan Wisner touchdown runs. The first one from three yards away, he would tack on the two-point conversion. And then later in the game, he would score uh, for the third time. Sears would actually tack on the PAT. And Lakers will come from behind to beat the Bad Axe Hatchets 21 to 14. Lakers 21, Bad Axe 14. It was 7-0, Bad Axe at the end of the first, 7-6 at the end of the second, and still in favor of the Hatchets, 14-6. Bad Axe with the only score in that third quarter, 14-6. And then the Lakers come rumbling back in the fourth quarter, two unanswered touchdowns, 15 points there in the fourth quarter to win 21-14, an absolute classic postseason matchup and a classic rivalry here in the Greater Thumb West. Lakers ended up with 45 carries for 187 yards and three touchdowns. Through the air, just one of seven with two interceptions for six yards for a total of 52 plays, 193 yards, two turnovers, but three touchdowns to go with it, averaging 3.7 per play yardage. Ethan Wizard, no doubt, no surprise here. 29 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns. Carrying the ball 64% of the time. Connor McCain, eight carries, 29 yards. 18% of the time. Jay Sears, 7 carries, 19 yards. And Michael Good, 1 carry for a loss of 4. Ethan Wisner through the air, 1 for 5 for 6 yards. Did have 1 interception, though. Connor McCain, 0 for 2 with 1 interception as well. He went out with a knee injury in this game. Did not look good as he was at... You hate to see any time any player go down, especially it looked like an ankle injury. Yeah. He was on the sideline to wrap up this game, but... Just did not look good, especially when he's a senior. You hate to see that happen. Receiving the ball, Jay Sears, one reception for six yards. That was the only completion for the receiving core for the Lakers, who had 10 drives in the night, 12 first downs, four for 12 on third downs for just a 33% conversion rate, three for four on fourth downs, though, for 75%. That makes up for things and held the ball for 28 minutes and 25 seconds 
holding the ball for 59% of the game. The Bad Axe Hatchets, 25 carries for negative three yards on the night. Passing the ball, 5 of 18 for 64 yards and two scores. One interception, though. 43 total plays of offense for 61 total yards with one turnover and two scores. Lakers averaged 3.7 yards per play. Banax averages 1.4 yards per play. They ended up running nine less plays than the Lakers and had 132 yards less to show for it. Griffin Meinhold, who went out with an injury, came back into the end of the game there with eight carries for 15 yards. Evan Schenk, five carries for four yards. Logan Miles, three carries for one yard. And Jake McPhee, two carries for loss of seven. And Keaton Brown, seven total carries, including sacks here, for loss of 16 on the, on the night. Keaton Brown, the senior play caller, 5 of 18 for 64 yards, one interception, two touchdowns, completion rate of just 28% of the night. Drayden Romas, one reception for 33 yards. Jake McPhee, one re- four receptions for 31 yards. And then five targets for Griffin Meinhold, none brought in. Evan Schenk, three targets as well, no receptions. Impressive numbers here for the bat- for the Elkton Pigeon Maypoor Lakers, considering they were trailing at half 7-6, of course, a one-point ball game. You'd expect things to be tight. In the third quarter, Bannix then responds well and scores in the third to lead by 14-6. to But then here come the Lakers rumbling back in the fourth quarter, tagging on two scores led by Ethan Wisner on the hard turning the freight train that he is in the backfield, finds himself in the end zone and makes things count, ends up on three rushing touchdowns of the night. That would be the difference maker. All three scores for the Lakers coming into the hands of Ethan Wisner. Absolutely. When McCain went out, they had to make some changes, and the change they went to was spread offense, direct snaps to Wisner, spread out the bad X defense, and then attack with Wisner, number 26, over and over and over. Jay Sears come in, had a couple pop plays to kind of change the pace up a little bit, but when Wisner took over in the second half with that spread offense and him running the ball every single time, Bad Axe just shell-shocked, didn't have an answer in two straight drives, lead the touchdowns, and just like that, Bad Axe goes from eight down, eight up to seven down in a hurry and unable to stop the bleeding and get back in the game and just nothing on offense for Bad Axe tonight. No, nothing at all. 61 total yards on 43 plays. Lakers 193 yards on 52 plays. So that, that says it all, including 25 carries, negative three yards rushing for the hatchets. It's just not a remedy for success. They, they won the field position battle early. Um, their special teams made a couple big plays to give them those chances, and they hung on as long as they could. But the defense did an excellent job, but the offense just let them down. There just wasn't enough firepower on offense for Bad X. Of course, a lot of that credit goes to the big bruisers up front, moving the pile there on both sides of the ball for the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers, Luke Braun, James McArdle, you name it. They've got size, they've got power, and they have the momentum, and they can make a downhill ball game pretty fast. Absolutely, and uh, like I said, once Ethan Wisner got going, and we said he would, you know, the first quarter's not his thing. It's the third and fourth quarter where he runs his best football and plays the best, and, and he was the difference maker in the end of this game. So we do apologize. We did say Lakers would be hosting Montrose. That is not the case. Lakers is actually the two seed. They had one less playoff point than Montrose. So Lakers will now go on the road to take on Montrose in the district championship. Beautiful complex there. A little bit of a drive, though, for you folks, as Lakers now advances to the district championship to take on the Montrose Rams as they took out Cassidy 28-14 to tonight on the other side of this district. Yeah, and I look forward to how that game's going to turn out because I think that could be two very evenly matched teams. Uh, and we'll see if Montrose can match up to the physicality that we know Lakers is going to want to bring to the table. And Fowler 
takes out, uh, we're jumping down to Division 8 here. Before we get to Fowler, though, New Lothrop uh, defeats Burton Bendel 47-30. to That's a surprising score for me. I figured New Lothrop would kind of take care of business over Burton Bendel, but a 17-point victory only for the Hornets. Yeah, uh, offensively, they scored a lot of points, but uh, defensively, they didn't have a great answer for Burton Bendel, apparently. So, uh, yeah, it's just a surprising score, but... Uh, yeah, there it is right here, actually. it's. Uh, oh, yeah, they're right there. Yeah, so it's uh, a good sign for the winner of the next game that maybe New Lothrop isn't quite as dominant as they have been the last decade or so. Very true. In Division 8, final score. Oh, still, the game's still going on in Division 8. So 28-20, to 20, MLS is leading by 8 points with the Pirates. Uh, 326 left in the fourth quarter. Harbor Beach scored to make that one. A, it was 20, so here's, we'll take you through the whole Harbor Beach MLS game here, what we know. Harbor Beach was leading at the end of the first quarter, 8-7. to seven. Then it was tied 14-14. to 14. Harbor Beach scored just before the half to tie it up at 14. MLS took the lead in the third quarter, 21-14. Then it was 28-14. Now it's 28-20. to 20. So Harbor Beach trailing by eight points to MLS in the fourth quarter in Division 8, of course. Ubley takes care of Novell, 49-6 to six in that ballgame. And Lakers takes... Takes care of the ball when they needed to, and they take out the Bad Axe Hatchets. Twenty, excuse me, the final score twenty-one to fourteen, a seven-point victory. It only takes one point to advance to the postseason. Yeah, absolutely, it was a physical battle and just a great thing to watch uh, for four quarters, evenly matched. These teams beat up on each other all night long, and uh, it was the difference maker was that spread and allowing Wisner to run from that formation that really broke the camels back for the hatchets they gave them everything they had but just not enough the lakers physicality big guys in the trenches led by that power running game with by wisner was just too much i think i know this answer dave but uh who's your thompson chevrolet player of the game it's ethan wisner three touchdowns on the ground i had to step in and basically be the the show the quarterback and everything else in the second half and uh he's a guy that's up to the task and he, he did an excellent job and he's the lead guy in that defense he's one of the guys that's in on every tackle he led the team in tackles and uh his 143 yards rushing um it was he acquired he accumulated all the yardage except for 50 yards 50 yards goes to the rest of the team he has 143 that's uh, over double what bad axe was able to do total on offense uh, absolutely an outstanding performance with to go along with those three touchdowns final thoughts from Week number one of the postseason, day. It was a great, well-fought game, just like the first one. You know, just a battle right down to the end. Just the way you want to see these teams. A lot of talent on both sides of the field that's not going to be back next year. So, But a great win by Lakers, and wish them good luck against Montrose next week. So tonight's game was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services, DS Services of Cass City, Kadic Radiator, Inner Conditioning of Bad Axe, Randy's Hunting Center, 269, Guns, North Star Bank, Huron Auto Parts, Countryside Transportation, Tim Fritz of Farm Bureau Insurance, Thumb Bank and Trust, McVeigh Insurance Agency, Bayport State Bank, Tina Seeley of Farm Bureau Insurance, Insure Health, Better Health, Better Life. So tonight goes in favor of, well, you got it. That would be the Elkton Pigeon Bayport Lakers as they take out the Bad Axe Hatchets in a one-score ball game. They come from behind, drop 15 points in the fourth quarter, and win 21-14. to The Lakers over the Hatchets. We wish our best to Connor McCain, who went down with an injury. This team, though, multifaceted, and it showed Ethan Wisner taking the reins in your Thompson Chevrolet player of the game. We hope the best to Griffin Meinhold as well. Congratulations to all the Bad X players who played their last jersey on the gridiron here as a hatchet. Great sportsmanship we see on the field. So on behalf of our entire broadcast team here, in-game analysis, Dave Hansen, Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole, our spotter, best in the business, Dan Benke, and our intern from Northwood, 
Kendall Anthos. So on behalf of the entire broadcast team here on WLW Sports, thank you for listening tonight. We'll return next week as we shift our attention to Division 8. The Ugly Bearcats hosting, well, we'll find out who it is. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM, and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.